Welcome back once again, generic video game podcast fans. It's now time to embark on episode 19 of GVGP as the summer of 2016 heats up with the Overwatch Summer Olympics items and also winds down with No Man's Sky Mysteries. Your ears are once again joined by the voice of myself, Anthony, alongside gaming's Spirit of Justice, Morning Project's very own ultimate Kunoichi Space Cat, Molly. Now, for branding reasons, you can't say Summer Olympics. Because if you notice, Overwatch nowhere says Summer Olympics because they actually can't use that word. And Olympic branding. So it is, the, it is the capital S, capital G Summer Games. I didn't even, didn't even catch yes, it. Yes, they cannot say Olympics. Like, if you ever notice, and it's like not Olympic sponsors, like they'll always call it the、yeah, like、Summer Games or、wow. something like that. Wow. Because they are not allowed to use the word Olympics or they'll get sued. Interesting. Yeah. It's all about the money. But,、um, yeah, before. I, bef- okay,、oh, so、I'm、have、sorry. you been playing that at all?、Um, I did the update. And I got some of these summer games items, and I only did a few quick matches. So, yes, I did play it recently. It had been a few weeks. I did the updates, but I haven't sunk my teeth back into it, though I do intend to do so. Did you get any good items? No. And、uh, you know what? I've spent money on that game. That was my third time. I will admit, the first、oh. two times I spent some dough on the standard items to unlock, I was pretty pleased. I, I plunked five bucks for the summer games items. And very sad to say,、uh, I got junk. Yeah,、uh, you know, I, I have been v i t sometimes of getting games for free because of my work, so I did get Overwatch for free.、Um, but I did f- spend $10 on Summer Games boxes.、Uh, it's funny because I actually got one of the things I wanted most and one of the rarest items I got in the free box that you get. <laughs> And then from there, it's been kind of、eh. Yeah. I, I, got,、um, cause I, I got Zarya's,、uh, I call it the Ivan Drago outfit. Oh.、Um, in my free one. And then I ended up getting Genji's Japanese uh, alt, or ultimate, or yeah, alt,、uh, in a box. But I really want、uh, Mercy and Diva's country alt.、Mm. But not anywhere closer. I've gotten. It's, it's funny because if you actually. If you reach level 100 and then go back around to the beginning, and I, I didn't know this before, is that、um, I think it's level 1 to 25 that the level ups are very, very quick. Really? And after, and after that, level ups come at the exact same amount of XP. Oh, no so, kidding. Yeah, so what some people were doing, they were getting all the way to、um, it's called prestiging, where they then they get the little star underneath their icon and then they go back to the beginning. Of level one. So they were prestiging and then they were getting those first 25 levels during this, this summer event so that they could very easily get a bunch of boxes very quickly. Oh, wow. Yes, but I'm, I'm not close enough to prestiging that I can do that. so. Let me ask you this on the summer games items.、Uh, does this cause some sort of a little bit of a conundrum or dilemma in that? Correct me if I'm wrong. These are limited time items, meaning that once they're gone, they're gone. So the items that people have are truly unique. Uh, how are well, they? Well,、uh, Blizzard's saying they're probably going to bring them back next year.、Uh, for, like summertime? Yes. Obviously.、Um, but、mm. there has been the, the kind of thing is like Blizzard before said that 
you know, every kind of vanity item you could end up buying with the in-game currency. And then this, these things you cannot buy with the in-game currency. Oh, that's right. Someone told me that. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. That's right. So, I mean, I, so the thing is, it's like, I kind of, like, so I think back to, like, World of Warcraft. And they've done this with World of Warcraft before, where they've had special events. You go in the game. You do quests. You get this special item. And then that item you can't get anymore once it's out of, like, that, that time. Um, but the thing about that is you always have the ability to do those quests and get those items. Whereas the problem with Overwatch is once you can't use those earned credits to buy the item, it is completely and totally up to luck. Mm. And that's the problem is, I mean, like, you, you, could, you could spend $100 on boxes and still not get the one alternate costume that you want. <laughs> right. And that's the problem. And so that, the problem is, like, when you have items that are so limited in time and then go away, like, that's a big problem because... Like, I want Mercies, I want, you know, Divas. And I don't know if I have any ability to get them because it's all, you know, RNG, random, random number generator. So the, the loophole I wish they would implement in Overwatch, you know, because obviously they don't have you buy each individual piece you want. It's almost like trading cards or whatever you want to call it. I, I wish there was a loophole where they'd allow you to buy the in-game money at least and then just use that gold for whatever you wanted. Or, you know, I mean... Yeah, because it does get a little bit tire, you know, tiring. I said, you know, I look at it this way, you know, for someone like me, are there outfits and things I would not experience if I were to able to just pick and choose what I wanted outright? Of course, but then I also look at the numbers, and it's like you get over 15 million Overwatch players right now. I mean, there's something out there for everyone, so it's not like those items aren't going to get enjoyed by someone or completionists. I just that's I, I don't think I've really complained about Overwatch yet, but if I had any uh, nitpick. Um, they should just let you, if you're going to pay money, just let you buy what you want. But the problem is when then is that they make more money off of you buying sure. loot yeah. boxes than, yeah. than if you just buy it outright. You're exactly um, right. It would be super complicated to do, but I was just thinking that it'd be kind of neat if you could, if there's like a trading system where any item that you got a duplicate of, you could then trade to somebody else in exchange mm. for an item of the same type. Mm-hmm. So like if I got a voice line that was duplicate and then, you know, somebody else got that voice line duplicate, we could like trade back and forth like those two items. That'd you be bring, complicated, but. You bring up an interesting point. I forgot about duplicates. That was something that uh, threw me for a loop because I figured, well, when I got some stinky items I didn't want, I'm like, well, I looked at it like a checklist, and I'm like, well, at least right. I know this isn't coming back again. Nope. And then it does. Yeah, and, and my, my only real complaint about duplicates is that they don't give you nearly enough credit for them. Because like, you'll, get, you'll get a duplicate item and get like five credits, and that's like nothing. Oh, I don't want to sound dumb. You can sell them off? No, 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 no. As soon as you get the duplicate, it okay. gives it gives you money. Oh. So if you look at the duplicate, like on your on your in your loot box, okay. If you actually move over to it, it'll tell you how many credits you got for that being a duplicate. Mm. So you at least get something, but the the amount I think is way too small. <laughs> yeah, I. Yeah, five doesn't sound like a whole heck of a lot. Um. But yeah, so obviously before we move on from Overwatch, uh, it goes without saying you're still enjoying it, still uh, having fun. I'd rather be playing that than doing this podcast. So. Oh, that's terrible. 
That's horrible. I'd rather be doing playing Overwatch and doing anything in life right now. So <laughs> that's my that's that's the existence. Of uh, <laughs> you wouldn't rather be playing uh, No Man's Sky. Uh, I'm really curious to, but I'd probably rather be playing Overwatch. So. We can get to that later. Yeah. Hey, um, we talked about something in private. Actually, it was shortly after our recent recording. And uh, I made just a brief note here. I figured it would be uh, worth mentioning. Lost Soul Aside, which you brought up to me, created and developed by Yang Bing, one man, oh, yes. one individual. Yes. And uh, there was a trailer on YouTube. This is maybe about 10 to 14 days ago. And since you and I chatted, I saw it was weird. It was like the next day I was on Twitter, and I guess there were job offers rolling in for this gentleman. Not not surprising, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. And and he has he has uh, announced that he is working with a publisher to bring the game out. Will it will Lost Soul aside release before FF fifteen? <laughs> that would be amazing if it did. <laughs> uh, at this point, I don't think it's possible. Well, no, it actually it's it's still possible. I mean, things could always happen. But and uh, that little jab came. Uh, hot off the virtual press maybe a couple hours ago upon getting home from my uh, 9 to 5 job I saw an update for NeoGAF speculating this is unconfirmed as of this recording on Friday August 12th but it is heavily rumored that the much anticipated Final Fantasy 15 originally slated for September 30th may now see release on November 29th 2016 yeah which Anthony so. and I were talking about, like, what would cause that. And my thoughts to him were um, <clears throat> that, you know, with games having these day one patches, maybe their day one patch isn't ready to go. Or they want the day one patch to be actually part of the, the full game you get when you get the disc. Or my other thought was maybe they're working on trying to make it a showcase piece for the PS4 Neo and they just don't have that as polished as they want it to be. So, cause, I mean, because, cause, yeah, in the world of RPG, like, two months is not very much. Right. I mean, all of your points sound, you know, very valid, uh, astute. You know, the only other thing I can think outside of that, you know, unless there's something game-breaking or game-crashing that they need to fix a line of code or something weird that they encountered. But in a game of that magnitude, and we're talking a decade in, you know, 60 days, less than that. Uh, I don't know what that can do. Uh, furthermore, in another bit of irony, this hit this hit me when I saw that news earlier. It's ironic in a way that if FF15 hits on November 29th, it will have le- released, excuse me, later than The Last Guardian. My, th- my question yeah. is, like, uh, how long did Duke Nukem take? I want, it was about 10 years, wasn't it? It was a similar ballpark, right? Yeah. So I'm going to look. So it was forever, right? Mm-hmm. Forever. I'm trying to think of like when that was initially announced. Oh, my, my first E3 was E399. And I thought it was either that or like the one before in 98. Like it, it was back in the late 90s. Okay, so it was first announced in 1997. April wow. 1997. And it was released... In June of 2011. Wow. So that's what? 14, 14 years. years. Okay. So that's 14. So I, get, I don't 
I don't think Final Fantasy can match that. Yeah, I think they're. I think Last Guardian and FF are both hovering around ten years. Final Fantasy, which is still maybe eleven. It might have been announced pre PS3. Uh, and Final Fantasy 15 was announced uh, in 2006. Yeah. So it'll be if as long as it comes this year, it'll be ten years. Wow. Um. No, it's it's funny we got these two big games like coming out within months of each other that are two of like the most notorious where did they, what, ha- what happened to them kind of games. Right. And I had a, fl- a mental flub. Correct me if I'm wrong, but Agent has never been officially canceled, has it? I don't think it has. Yeah, so that one will be the next one in the running. And then Last Guardian was uh, announced in 2007. Wow. No, I'm sorry. It was announced in 2009, but it was started in 2007. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Final Fantasy 15 will be carrying that torch. But, and uh, I worry. I mean, like, the thing is, like, you know, I, I have more faith in Last Guardian than I do Final Fantasy 15. But, like, that was kind of Duke Nukem's thing, right? Is that it was out there for so long that people wanted to get it. And then when it finally came, there was, like, just no way it could live up to the hype, you know, or the the expectation and the wait. <clears throat> and so I'm kind of worried, like, I, I just don't know if Final Fantasy XV can, can, you know, be anything but a disappointment. I hope not. I, I hope it's good because I don't want to see the series, you know, kind of hit that note uh, once again. I would like to see that, you know, series continue on and do bigger and better things, but uh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what to, to say. We always talk about Japanese gaming. You know, we spent so much time last time on state of Japanese gaming once again and their processes and train of thought and all that stuff. I don't want to get off on that tangent again, but I do hope FF15 turns out very well. Uh, speaking of Final oh, wait, Fantasy... Wait, 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 before you go on. Yep. At this point, which, Whoops. which game would be considered to be the Japanese RPG representative to the West. Final Fantasy XV or Persona 5? Well, um, I feel ignorant. What do you mean? Like, which one is most... Like, which I mean, one is if, going if, to cater if towards in the, the, West the Western... are going to say, can, can Japanese RPGs still exist? Can they still be good? Can I still oh, well. have fans outside of being niche releases? Because I mean, I think that initially you're you instantaneously want to say want to say Final Fantasy fifteen, but I kind of don't know my answer to that. Well, we've said this many times before, and it's uh, it's always been more of a niche series. But you know, Persona's been one of the best JRPGs of the two thousands. You know. I mean, it's crazy at this point in time, even though that FF15 is a big budget, you know, it's had a lot of money pumped into it and it's been salvaged and they've got the CG movie and the marketing blitz, the, the YouTube anime, it goes on and on. But uh, it, the question right now for JRPG aficionados and people in the know and who haven't, you know, who've been playing from the 16 to 32-bit and present era, I think the question is, is FF15 going to be as engrossing or as good as Persona 5? 
Yeah, and I, I just, I just have this weird feeling that, like, I feel like, I feel like Persona Five might end up just having more of that creativity and that kind of like imaginative spark mm-hmm. that makes people think there's still life in in the JRPG genre than Final Fantasy Fifteen does. Like, I, I don't know. I'm really worried about Fifteen. I really am. I hope it's, I hope, I hope it's good because I mean, I still, I still love that series. I think. The whole lightning thing was just a kind of going off the rails moment for it, but um, I still have a series, but I am super worried about this game. Hmm. Have you gotten to see anything behind the scenes through the offices or out in a, you know, through any of the conventions uh, or meetings you go to? Have you seen anything beyond that Final Fantasy 15 special presentation a few months ago? Like, have you seen any new areas or anything firsthand, like gameplay that hasn't been seen yet? Well, I mean, I've I've played it, but I'm trying to think of if what I've played has been shown. Right, if it's been unique. Right, because I played the part where, like, the car breaks down and you take it to Sydney and she's working on it. And then you're kind of going around and there's... Oh, did a guy get kidnapped or something? I don't know. But there's like there's that, that portion of the game that I've played, but I don't know how much that has been out there because I haven't paid enough right. attention to demos or, or anything like that. Mm. So. Well. But um, in a little bit of a glimmer uh, of a bright spot for Final Fantasy, um, did you check out Final Fantasy Brave Exvius that hit smartphone in June? Uh, no. I <laughs> no. <clears throat> just throwing it. Just throwing it out there. Keywords being re- smartphone. As soon as those <laughs> words are on there, I don't touch it. So here's the deal, and I'll make this quick. I just had it in my notes. I wanted to make a brief mention of it. Uh, I'm not being paid to do this, by the way. Uh, I'd seen Final Fantasy Brave Exvius. I saw. It hit the store. I saw some of my friends doing updates on their social networking in correlation to it, and I ignored it. I ignored it. I ignored it. I'm like, I, I don't. What is this crap? Because then there's like the Final Fantasy Record Keeper and all this other stuff that I don't even know if it's official right. in the stores. But this is a legit. Um, this is official. Uh, came out in June. I believe it came out uh, last fourth quarter of 2015 in Japan. Long story short. Even if you still don't like the controls, and I'm not sticking up for the controls or any of that stuff, due to it being free, if you are bored, uh, and this is on Android and iPhone, I would suggest downloading it just for shits and giggles. Because it does use all what seems to be, from what I can tell, all unique uh, assets from the ground up, and it's sprite-based. I'm looking at it right now. Let's see. Hmm. I guess, like, I don't know which game it was, but there was, like, some Final Fantasy game uh, for for, for smartphones that I, I think was, like, super, like, microtransaction heavy. And because of that, I kind of just got scared off of the idea. I don't mm. know. Yeah, I mean, it looks kind of neat, but I don't... I'll have to maybe try it. Yeah, yeah, it's not, like I said... Um for free and just for the art itself it's worth uh, it's worth a download I just I hate him so much I uh, yeah hate smartphone I'm... games so much <laughs> and I always like I, d- I mean because I've been playing and hating Pokemon Go um, but 
like I keep feeling like I see things things like there's like Love Live and then a bunch of other ones and I'm just always like I have no idea what these games are but people are like playing them constantly and I see them on Twitter like all the time right but like Pokemon Go is the only reason one I actually know anything about so How, how's that been going for I you? I just I don't like it it's just it's so boring it, there's like no like there's no like low level gameplay to it yeah. There's no. Yeah. It's just uh, so okay. I mean, I'm just trying to if I want to get into it or not. But it's it, like there's not you don't do anything and like you get your initial Pokemon, but you don't do anything with it because there's no battles. And then the only battles you have are with the gyms. But at this point, I'm at. I can't even think about the gyms until I'm level 25, and I'm only level 9, and it's going so slow <laughs> to get my level up and taking forever, and then eggs aren't hatching properly. I put the incubator on them, and then they, they don't, like, register my distance properly, and I keep getting the same, like, three Pokemon over and over and over and over again, and they changed it so now you can't find them. You don't know, like, where they're at, and you, you like, they're, they're, there's no, like... There's no that fun of, oh my gosh, there's a Pikachu near me. I'm going to go out and find him because you don't know which direction right. to go into. And it's just, I, I, it's, it's like, and this isn't Nintendo's fault. I know it's not their fault. But I cannot believe, I cannot believe, and I think you're, we're already seeing that like this game is tapering off. Yeah, I would agree. I cannot believe they had the just most brilliant idea they had a great groundwork for this idea. They had this money-making gold, and then they yeah, they so just half-ass it. Like this game is completely half-assed, and I am shocked. Like if I was Pokemon Company, I would never have let Niantic release a game in this fashion. If if you were involved in this project with the with the numbers and how much money it was making out the gate. Wouldn't have you been putting a, st- a quick staff together for like twenty four seven for a God. month, and you, and you and you would have just literally wrapped that game into a full blown Pokemon game uh, to maintain people's interest and like freak them out and shock they, them and just keep that train rolling. There was, and, I, and I'm trying to like, yeah, okay. I think this. I'm I'm trying to remember like what the exact story was, but I think because they're like Niantic is a small company. And I, I feel like I remember hearing this, this thing recently where something didn't get done for a while because the person was, like, on vacation. <laughs> and it's like, are you, are you kidding me? Like, are, are you seriously kidding me with this? Like, yeah, you've got... People are saying the, the biggest smartphone game ever, right. Nintendo stock shoots up like it, it triples in value for a while because of this game before people actually realize Nintendo's making barely anything off of it like it's just it's this gigantic pheno- it's a cultural phenomenon and you're like eh we'll, we'll maybe work on it if we have time like that's like that's like their attitude is to this you know I mean because right away look you're not going to make this a Pokemon killer right because you're not going to want to take people away from you know Pokemon Sun and Moon and whatever else comes out later on but at the very least, you have it so you have to, like, battle Pokemon, right? Like, 
like battling Pokemon is the basic of Pokemon. It's the reason you pick <laughs> your first starter right. Pokemon. The only game I've actually played from Pokemon is the original Pokemon that came out on Game <laughs> Boy like all those years ago, and yet I still actually know that. Like, I picked my Bulbasaur. I think that's what his name is, Bulbasaur. Um, and I can do nothing with him. Like, there's no value to having him. It's just like sitting in my little, like, Pokédex. Like, mm. you at least put into this game, okay, now you have your first Pokémon. You, when you find another Pokémon, you don't just throw your Pokéball at it enough times to catch it. You fight it. You fight it like in Pokémon. And then once you beat it, you, you capture it. Like, And I'm, I'm guilty because I still haven't downloaded it. And I originally thought that's... That's yes, what like, was why going is that? on. I but. mean, like, okay, you don't have storyline. You don't have involvement in anything like that. You don't have it super complicated. Right. All the new Pokemon right. you leave in the, the, you know, 3DS games and whatever, and like, this is all the older Pokemon. But, like, why, 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 why is that, why is that not there? Like, like seriously, since you haven't played it, you don't know this yet, but you're going to get into the game and find out probably the first, like, 25 levels, there's nothing to do. And the only <laughs> way to evolve and advance the Pokemon you do catch is to catch them over and over and over. Most Pokemon I have, they require... So each Pokemon, when you get them, they give you, I think, three three candies is when your first one you get. Okay? Okay. So you get three candy when you get it. And every candy is specific to that type of Pokemon. So you'll get, like, three Pikachu candy. Now, to evolve Pikachu you have to spend 50 Pikachu candies. Okay? But I've found in the entire two, three weeks now I've been playing, I've found like four Pikachus, and that's it. And so every time you get a Pikachu, you get that three candy, and then you can transfer him, aka just deleting him, the old ones you don't need, and you get one candy for that. So it takes forever to evolve these things. And the other option is, and I, I didn't understand this at first, but the other option is, oh, you can you can power up your Pokemon, right? I can power up Pikachu to make him stronger. There's no reason to, because I'm not going to do anything with Pikachu, ever. Because you could, theoretically, as, as I've been told, as you level your character up, your Pokemon, they can then, their, their maximum kind of leveling they can, you can do for them, that goes higher and higher. But it costs so much candy to, to level them that there's no point in me saying I want to make a really powerful Pikachu. So, Because you can't do it because if I'm following correctly, you can keep leveling them up and making them more powerful, but you can't do it because, because it's going to take you so long to make Pikachu powerful enough to take on the, the gyms, which is where the actual gameplay, quote unquote gameplay comes in. That okay. you would have to find so many Pikachus in order to be able to level him up. And then your, your own level would have to go up so many times. So what you see, and anybody who plays the game will tell you this, is you see in gyms like the same five Pokemon all the time. Because you've gotten to a certain level in the game and those are the most powerful ones you can find. But until mm. you get that point where you have those Pokemon and you level like twenty five or whatever, and you can battle those gyms, because at because now, like when it first started, it might be different. But now, enough people have been playing for long enough that they're not just those scrubby people anymore. You know, 
it's kind of like it's kind of like right. the problem of jumping into an MMO when it's like two years on, and you're coming in like right. brand new, and there's people in there who are like level 100 by that point. You know, <laughs> there there's like you can't like I cannot go after these gyms because my my Pokemon are just nowhere near strong enough, and I and I can't get stronger ones because my level isn't high enough. That sounds like too much work it is, for me. It's like, it's, like, it's like grinding the game. But like I said, if, if at the very right. least like you fought Pokemon in order to earn the new ones, that would be something. Like That, right. would, that would have right. that some sort of gameplay investment, but that does not exist. It's kind of funny. Speaking of uh, Pokemon and Nintendo and all that stuff, I was on 3DS the other night uh, checking the badge catchers and all that. And did you happen to notice that they're trying to piggyback onto the success of this and saying like oh with the recent resurgence and popularity in pokemon like check out these badge catcher you know yeah. icons and then they were promoting um uh they were like promoting Al- uh omega ruby and alpha sapphire again and then sun and moon coming out so it seems like nintendo's trying to get a little bit of their licks in on the 3ds handheld yeah but um you know, I know it's a little unfair because you're in the eGym offices, but uh, do you still feel like there's people around you? Do you ever see anyone out there with a 3DS? Or and I know it's doing better than the Vita. I'm not trying to take shots at Vita, but I I honestly think like hmm like the I I will say I do see people with 3DSs, but that's because I'm not seeing them. I'm getting home and I've done street passing with them because I happen to have my 3DS with me. Oh, okay. So that okay. that's how I'm kind of seeing them. But otherwise, like, I, yeah, like I just feel like it's just all smartphone stuff at this point. <laughs> Which is um, sad. Yeah, it's. 3DS has a couple titles coming out in September, though. For well, I guess if you don't get your JRPG fix out of FF15, there's uh, the Shin Megami Tensei 4, uh, the tweaked yes. version coming out in September. Apocalypse. Uh, yeah, that's right. That's right. And then Dragon Quest 7 also coming to 3DS. But um, not to bring up a sore spot again, but I saw this article, and the only reason I printed it, I really have no interest in it, but I saw the name, and it made me think of Warning. Uh-oh. Did you see... <laughs> did you see... This is, I believe, a 3DS game coming to Japan. It has not been announced here, but the name was quite a doozy. And, uh, by the way, I'm going to do a quick plug for Silicon Era, because a lot of the stuff I've got this week, I was uh, kind of in a rush, and I was on their site. But uh, this game is called... Super Battle for Money, the ultimate ninja and battle player's top decisive battle. I don't even I don't even know what I just Yeah, wrote. I'm trying to think cuz I I know I saw some kind of really weird game recently, like the announcement of it. I don't know if it was that one or not. Yeah, and it's actually Bandai Namco, so it's not like it's some, you know, flunky team. It's just Bandai Namco's working on a new game for Battle for Money known as Sentochu in Japan for 3DS. Here's a look at the extreme dodgeball style game with hired ninjas. Then it goes on to explain it a little bit more. It hits uh, Japan September 15th. So that was kind of yeah. There's been some interesting announcements recently. I'm, I'm trying to think. Cause I remember I saw um, 
because I know, uh, and I'm going to space on his Twitter account, but Elliot Gay, um, he does a lot of like the Famitsu scans and puts them on Twitter, or, or he's getting oh, them from somewhere, oh. and so I always see like okay. him like kind of listing off the new games that are, have been shown. Have you seen anything? Um, or what, do you know the Twitter handle? I have to remember, remember what his Twitter handle okay. is. And of course, some of those ones like he hasn't tweeted today. I don't think. So I'll find it and I'll tell. I'll I'll say it. But I, right. I think he's the one who does the Missy stuff. Among mm. others, I mean. But uh, I, the only reason I printed this was uh, I saw. Space Cats in Space, I thought of you. Yeah, I, I don't know what to think about that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, just another uh, another indie show. Oh, uh, it's... Um, <sighs> Ryoga Saotome. Saotome. So that's... Is that a Ranma one-half character? So it's uh, R-Y-O-U-G-A-S-A-O-T-O-M-E. And I think so I'm thinking he's the one who always does the Fumitsu stuff that I see. Hmm. I've got something here for you. Uh, not gaming related, but I thought it would be of interest. Uh, maybe get your gears going. Uh, what do you think of yet another rendition of Star Wars The Force Awakens hitting on Blu-ray and DVD a mere couple months away? The, um, like, I, I don't, like, 3D, I don't care at all. I don't care. But... I am curious to see like what the deleted scenes are. Right. Yeah, that's the only reason I made mention of it. And the problem too it. now, of course, is in the next version will be the 4K version, right? Because they can't just sell <laughs> up the beginning. They have to do the regular right. Blu-ray release, and then they do the 3D Blu-ray right. release, and then they do the 4K version release. Speaking of home releases, did you see Transformers the movies finally coming uh, stateside? In oh September? God! For a second, I was thinking of the new Transformers, which <laughs> looks oh. Transformers yes. the movie. I should um, correct myself. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Is have they shown stuff for yet oh, another you live action? Yet? Yeah. No. Uh, no they no. showed Hot Rod, <laughs> and oh, he looks terrible. He looks so really terrible. Ha- have they changed any of the designs from no, the No, and it's funny because there's a NeoGAF thread on, on the announcement of this. Um, and somebody had found... It's Transformers The Last Night. And Optimus Prime has a sword for some okay. reason. Um, so, yeah, they're showing off like Hot Rod, Hound, uh, Crosshairs, Squeaks, and Drift. Are that all about that they're showing off? Um... And Hot Rod just looks... I'll, I'll send it to you. He just looks a mess. And it just... It infuriates me because uh, in the in the NeoGAF thread, somebody found these pictures of like... I think they're like statues or something. And they're okay. kind of done in the Michael Bay style, but they're also a mixture of Michael Bay and like old school. And they look like... Mm-hmm. They look so good for what could be done. Because, I mean, I, I know, obviously, you can't yeah. just take, you know, how these characters looked in the cartoon 
and translate that over. But I'm going to send you the other picture right. too. So, did you see the hot rod? Yeah, yeah I mean, it's just like right it's now. a mess of like stuff. Uh, yeah, it looks. I mean, that's how they've. Okay, so yeah, I see the primes. Look at the prime, working. and I mean, I think if you look at this, like, I could totally see this working for Michael Bay's movie. Oh, I think that's. I want to say that's in the ad when I bought the Transformers game last year. I think there was an insert that might have been advertised in there. Yeah, yeah but that I mean, looks like awesome. that. It's um. Said so if anybody's like wanting to see this, I, I just go to NeoGaf and search for Transformers the Last Night or. It's Prime One Studio, I think, is the company who's making this, and it's the Optimus Prime statue. But wow, I could totally see this this Prime like working in the live action movies. But he also looks close enough to the old school Prime that there's that connection there, and that you can actually tell what his body right. parts are. They haven't uh, shown a price for this, have they? I'm assuming it's that I'm not. I'm not sure. But then I mean, like. Yeah. There's the here's here's the Megatron. I mean, Meg- the Megatron I think looks a little more cartoony and a little less Michael Bay, but I still think you know it could kind of be tweaked to to make it work. But I think that that Prime especially, I think he works. Oh wow, Megatron yeah. used to be my favorite one. So the Prime I'm kind of iffy. I mean, um, wow. Megatron I'm kind of iffy on, but I think Prime could totally work in the Michael Bay universe in this in this form. But it would be a hundred percent better version of him. Mm. Yeah, that looks awesome. Mm. But I mean, it's funny. It's okay. It's funny wow. thinking back because, uh, you know, for anybody who didn't grow up with them, we had the Transformers movie and the GI Joe movie, and it's it's so strange that they've become beloved. Well, Transformers especially, and GI Joe not as much, but. Because both of them were basically, let's kill off almost the entire cast to bring in new characters to sell more toys. Like, that was the purpose of both of these <laughs> movies. And it's, it's funny to me that right. Transformers the movie is so beloved when the beginning third is let's just, just slaughter every old Autobot there was. And, and, and Decepticons, too, <laughs> yeah, in just. A way. Um, right. So yeah, I mean, like it was, it was all, all these new characters that we didn't really know, but yet for some reason we have this emotional attachment to those two movies, Transformers especially. But well, I think, and we might have dabbled in this in the past, but you know, I think a lot of that is just a nostalgia of our generation and growing up. I think as you get older, you start to learn, you start to see those connections of people connecting with what they grew up with, and it doesn't always mean that it was. But I mean, it literally uh, was like the Transformers the movie. Okay, you have this. No, I know. No, but I mean, I'm like, not arguing. About you. You have I'm with this, you on yeah. this gigantic overseeing thing, uh, um, Unicron, <laughs> who takes the main bad guy, right. Megatron, and basically kills him off in favor of a new main bad guy, Galvatron. And then, judge of the movie, you have <laughs> whatever the Cobra Law main guy thing was, uh, who kills off the old main bad guy, beloved, beloved main bad guy, Cobra Commander, and replaces him with Serpentor, you know? And, and then s- same stuff happens on the G.I. Joe side. It's like, it's so funny that both of those movies are almost the exact same thing when you think about it in terms of what they set up and what they do with the characters. <laughs> right. 
Now, we've been discussing a little bit more, a little bit of movies lately on Generic Video Game Podcast, and I'm just going to shoot it straight with fans and, and, and Molly. We talked about this earlier. It's been kind of a slow couple weeks, in our opinions, uh, since we last recorded. Uh, we do have a couple other uh, larger tidbits to get into later, specifically Sony's uh, little press conference coming up in New York on September 7th. Uh, but before we get to that, um, you know, we've talked about Batman versus Superman on this show. Uh, speaking of DC, have you seen Suicide Squad yet? I have not seen it at all. Okay. Yeah. I, I, have you? Uh, what have you seen lately? See anything uh, interesting, or just been? I mean, I was I was gonna say because you mentioned the the movie, I was gonna I was gonna remember it to remember to say about the uh, trailer before we went Transformers was of course it's like the new Rogue One trailer came out. Oh yeah, I, I and did I am. Did, did you see it? I want I did. <sighs> I am so hyped for that movie now. <laughs> that shot where like she's running and like the Tie Fighter comes up, <laughs> like oh my god, that is just like. I I was I was so, like okay I I don't and I'll find out why you don't like it in a second but no no I'm I'm just laughing because I'm I'm actually happy for your excitement I'm not joking I it's just uh, yeah it's it's funny to hear but it's not bad well it's just like I was so worried when they said we're gonna make a Star Wars movie a year right. and I think I think that's not gonna last too long before it gets really old right. but. This was the kind of like you know they say you didn't know you wanted it until I this we're giving you something you didn't know you wanted right you know? I did not know I want this but now I want this like I I if you told me before oh, we're making a movie about how they get the plans for Death Star but like we don't need that you know just make seven eight and nine but right. I am super hyped for this movie I think it looks really good and and the thing I was saying on Twitter and it kind of like I said it and then I confused myself and then I kind of like unconfused myself I think but. <clears throat> I think, like, and this started with episode seven, is that we're seeing all these Star Wars elements in real worlds. And we've never really seen that before, I think. Um, because if you think back, the original trilogy, we had Star Wars, which was mostly Tatooine. Just complete uh, desert, right? Complete right, desert. Right. Then you had Empire Strikes Back, which was separated between Hoth, which was just complete snow, not, no real society, you know, or Bespin, which was Cloud City, which was just like a still very sci-fi kind of thing. And then Dagobah, which, you know, Dagobah. And then uh, Jedi, which was Endor, which was just complete forest. So in all three of those movies, you had these very extreme locations. You had just total desert, you had total snow. You had total forest. Um, and then the prequels came along, and they changed that up, but it just everything looked so fake that you couldn't connect with it. You know, every single shot, you just felt like, okay, it's just CG. It's just, as people on a green screen, that means nothing. But then, like, episode seven, like, one of the things that caught me the most when the, the trailers first started coming out were the X-Wings flying over a lake. Oh, and yeah, I'm like, yeah. And I'm like... We've, like, never seen that. We've never seen, like, what we could connect with as being a real world, yet having these Star Wars things in them. And that's what I think is getting... It's, it's just one of the smallest things, but it's getting me so excited about these movies, is that we're seeing places that we can finally actually connect with, and then we're seeing these Star Wars elements put into those places. Mm. 
you know, like like when when that Tie Fighter comes up, um, and I think her name's Jin. Uh, uh, that's like okay, that's just like a regular blue sky that you know could be outside my house. Like that's what's <laughs> so cool about these things because we're seeing them finally in worlds that we can recognize and understand and kind of connect with as being like real worlds not either these completely extreme like sci-fi settings right or these totally unrealistic looking cg creations yeah more relatable yeah and just like like i said like you know oh my god i've never like what was the thing from uh shoot like what was the what did i say was the thing from this new one it because it's like you have said you have tie fighters Flying, uh, oh, 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 the 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 adats on the beach, like we have freaking adats just walking on a beach <laughs> with palm trees, like that's so weird, but it's so cool to see because it it plants these ideas, right, and these elements that we've seen for thirty some years now, into things that now we recognize as being real worlds. Well. It's uh, hitting what in December? Yeah. Yeah. Are you gonna after we're done recording tonight? Are you gonna get in line? <laughs> <laughs> I bought I bought my I bought my episode seven ones early. Yeah. I'll see if I buy these early or not. But I I I think. Uh, and it's funny how they did it, because you know the, the the second trailer for episode seven had the kind of Han Solo tease at the end. And this one, I guess, spoilers if you don't want trailers spoiled for you. Uh, it has the Darth Vader tease at the end. You know, mm. so they know that little tease to give you just to kind of hit on your nostalgia levels. Right. Um, no, I think this is going to be a gigantic movie. And, you know, people were, were just like, oh, my God, they spent $4 billion for Lucasfilm. And, like, it's already paying itself back. Yeah. I mean, because you look at, like, episode 7 did, like, what, $2 billion worldwide? Yeah. You know, they get, like, two, three of these movies under their belt. I mean, and that's even not, that's not counting merchandising, you know, uh, brand licensing, anything like that. So that was the, probably the cheapest purchase ever for how much money they're going to end up making on Star Wars. How, how well do you think this new movie is going to do in comparison to Episode Seven financially? I think it's. I mean, it's gonna. It's gonna be because obviously this is a different thing, you know. Right. Because Episode Seven was the long-awaited return of actual Star Wars after being so being so disappointed with um, the prequels. Whereas this is kind of Star Wars side story, but I I think it's I think it's going to do really well. I think you're going to yeah. see. I mean, because it it makes sense to me that it would be kind of like a Marvel Universe thing, wouldn't it? You know, where we had those main. That's a good point. Those That's main a good chapters. Point. Yes. But the side stuff can still be just as interesting for different reasons. Yeah, that's a good point. Hmm. Um. How many uh, last Star Wars question uh, for you of the evening? How many times have you seen Star Wars Episode Seven at home since its release a few months ago? I've seen it three times, maybe yeah. two or three times. I, I, the original Star Wars I saw in theaters twenty-eight times. Oh, are you kidding? No. Wow. Wow. I made my mom take me that many times. Wow. 
I don't want to put a date on you per se, but uh, how, how old were you at the time? I was tiny. <laughs> I was. I mean, I was. I was. I was old enough to be conscious. I mean, like I don't remember this at all. Yeah. I don't remember it at all. But I mean, I was old enough to understand what I was seeing, because I guess like so. My mom had bought me. See, back then you could buy record albums that were basically the movies, and it had like all the dialogue and everything from the movie. And so my mom had bought me the uh, the record album of Star Wars. And so when I went to see the movie for the first time, I had she she tells me this. I don't remember it at all, but um, I had basically memorized like all the lines from the movie. Wow! And so I was sitting there like line by line saying what all the characters were saying. Wow! So I was I was old enough to be able to do that, but mm. super super young. Hmm. So obviously a big part of your uh, childhood, yes. big part of your life, yes. the Star Wars uh, franchise. But it's funny. It's funny because I was going to say this if we had brought this up. Is that I I don't care about Star Wars games. I don't care about Star Wars TV shows. I don't care about Star Wars books or comics or expanded universe stuff. Like all I care about is the movies. Hmm. Hmm. I see like the games I see no interest in playing games <laughs> uh, not even the what was it uh, the, the one that hit last year Star Wars uh, Battlefront uh, yeah it's neat I mean if I had yeah. it if I had a copy I, I would play it sometimes but like I yeah. don't like that that draw that drive to play it like isn't there for me hmm. yeah I was just curious I mean it looked great uh, yeah you know, it's very pretty. Hey, this is a random one, a little bit of a. I don't want to say it's a shout out. It's not really, but uh, Kickstarter project. Did you happen to catch the tweet from Hardcore Gaming One Hundred and One that they're taking over a Kickstarter project that was with, uh, I guess, another entity, but I guess they couldn't handle it or do it. No, and it's now been handed over to HG One Hundred and One to do. It's going to take a few months. Wrestling with Pixels, the world tour of wrestling games. And this huh. book that Hardcore Gaming 101 is uh, working on is supposedly, I dare say, supposed to have every wrestling game. It says, um, uh, it says, hey there, uh, everyone, Kurt Kalata here, founder and head editor of Hardcore Gaming 101. Hardcore Gaming 101 was founded around uh, 2004. As a way to chronicle uh, my favorite game series, I previously created two other fan sites, which were big things in the late 90s for Castlevania and Contra, but found covering just these series to be rather uh, exhausting. So he wanted to expand out into different genres, the goal, blah, 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 blah. He moves on, goes to say, in 2011, we published our first book, The Guide to Classic Graphic Adventures, focusing on computer point-and-click titles, yada, yada, yada. Um... But they are. Um, let me move this along. They're taking over this project, and I believe it's supposed to chronicle every wrestling video game ever made. So I tweeted them online, and I said, "Hey, I said, when is this going to become available?" And they said, "At least three, four months." So you figure maybe second quarter 2017, summer of 2017. Um, yeah, it says a book project telling the story of wrestling game development around the world and cataloging every wrestling game. Ever made. I thought that was kind of interesting. I'm going to check that out. 
And then um, you, uh, I can't remember. Oh, if I, I muted myself. I didn't. I was like talking oh. to you and realized I just muted myself. Uh, no, I was gonna say I I love hardcore gaming one hundred and one. I know a few of the guys over there, like on different levels of knowledge. Um, love love their site. Love what they do. But if any of you HD one hundred and one people are listening, um, I'm looking at your current video virtual magazine cover, and. <laughs> Don't don't do this again, please. Don't do this. Have you seen their virtual cover? For what? Oh, for the wrestling game? No, 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 no. This is like I, the, this is like the... a what if Hardcore Gaming One Hundred and One was a a magazine? Oh, oh no, no. Yes. Please, please send me. I'm interested. It's, I really hope you guys were doing this as a joke. Yeah, I gotta see because this is this is terrible. I I love you guys. If you're listening, love you guys. Love your site. You're wonderful people, but this cover makes me want to cry. As somebody, as somebody who makes, who who makes print magazines and print covers, like <laughs> um, this is terrible. Y- yeah, the, yeah, well, yes. What do you think of the actual art itself, though? Did they just put a placeholder? It looks old. School, I think it's kinda. no. I think the art could be amazing because it is so like. It reminds me of like like video games, it, computer enter- entertainment, like they're yes, kind of like yes, magazine covers. Yeah. So that totally works, but. But let's 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 yeah. be fair, guys. Like even back then, like magazine covers were not this bad. <laughs> As somebody who was in that industry, they did not yeah. look like this. Hmm. Interesting. But no, fantastic site for if yeah. you know, There's so much like. There's constantly things where like I try to remember stuff about a certain like series or whatever, and I'll go back to them and look up their articles because they just get. Like crazy in depth on stuff. <laughs> Let me ask you this before we possibly get into uh, our last couple topics of the evening. Um, actually, let me do a little bit of plugs. So, uh, as always, uh, most people listening probably already know where you're at, but uh, don't forget to subscribe to us in the iTunes store, the Radio Project uh, feed, uh, Morning Project, excuse me. Uh, check out the official site at radio.morningproject.com. Subscribe on iTunes. Search for Morning Radio. Uh, find me on Twitter at 24bitAJE, Molly at Molly Penn, M O L L I P E N. Check out EGM Now and their recently relaunched site. Uh, you can find them on Twitter at EGM Now, just like it sounds. Go to the site at egmnow.com. The official Morning Radio Twitter feed at Morn. Radio M O R N R A D I O. Um, do you feel like plugging your? Well, it. I don't know. It might, it's rumored to be you. <laughs> the, the Overwatch. Uh, what is it? Far Mercy. Far Mercy. Yes. 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 If um, if if you are like me and you are Far Mercy trash, uh, and if you are, you understand <laughs> what that means. Um, you can go to Far Mercy fans. All one word, and like again, if if that's your fandom, then you'll know how to find that when I tell you that. So you can go there and subscribe, and I'm I'm retweeting tons of pictures because I am shipping garbage. Yes, <laughs> uh, I was gonna say um, for anybody you know who might be newer out there listening to us, if you are awesome, and let us know, you know, like tell, tell us if you are a newer listener and like how, especially like how you came to listen to us, but. Um, for anybody who's never checked it out, like if you check out the morning radio feed, literally every single podcast that I have released on a personal level is in that feed. 
Um, so, you, I mean, you can go all the way back to 10 years ago when I start, when I did the original morning radio stuff. Uh, every Warning a Huge podcast is on there. Every generic video game podcast. Every nichiest podcast ever. So, even if you're just a fan of this show and you're missing episodes or you come in late, like, every single one of our episodes is up there. And, um... I know an, a lot of podcasts out there, they have to end up kind of shuffling off their older episodes because they have, like, you know, storage limits and, and stuff on their accounts. Uh, but we have... Everything that we've done is is still available to download. Mm. So. Well, very cool. Yeah. Uh, like let's... Let me see. That's crazy. Ten years. Can you believe that? I, um, while you're thinking, uh, I don't know if you saw this or not, but I kind of splurged a little bit lately on Money Wise because I picked up. I don't. I, I'm trying to think if we were the ones because I, I was talking to a friend of mine about this before, so I don't know if we've talked about it or not. But there's a company called uh, Retro USB, and they just. Uh, in the recent, like, said less than a week ago or so, um, they opened up orders for their AVS, which is based. Oh yes, yes. last episode. Okay, we did. yeah. So I did. I went ahead and ordered one. So I have oh. an AVS coming my way once they're released. What What is the projected uh, time frame for I that? I want to say it's. Um, Oh, when is it? Is it late September or is it October? Oh, that, that soon. Yeah, because pre-orders started August 8th, uh, uh, mid, mid to late September. And this is for the, uh, the it plays the NES cards, right? So what it does is it, it plays both NES and Famicom cartridges. Okay. But this is not, Okay, so it's it's complicated because it's 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 not a software emulator. So like a lot of these systems, like the Retron, right, and stuff like that, they're actually emulating the game. So basically, like you know, if you get like an NES an NES emulator for your computer, they're like that, but in physical form. What this is is it's the um, what is it the F? Uh, God, what are they called? The F something. It's a type of hardware that basically F- FPGA, and what it does is it's a clone of NES hardware. So basically, all the functions that were in the original NES have been cloned in this machine. Mm. So when it functions, it functions a hundred percent like an NES would have back in the day. So that's why it's it's completely compatible with with um, games for both the NES and Famicom because you're not emulating the system. You're not emulating the code to run the games. You're, you're basically cloning the hardware. And then it has um, we used to call it the four score or whatever you know the, the um, multi-tap. It has the four controller ports all built in. It even has if you have a Famicom disk system it can run the Famicom disk system it outputs to 720p HDMI, and it has 60 hertz and 50 hertz uh, modes. There's a couple different scaling options and scan line options. Uh, so it's it, this is basically the reason I got it was the way I see it. Oh, it's also got like uh, Game Genie and Action Replay stuff built in. 
Really? And it's also got built in um, for supported games, which I don't know what supported games means exactly, but it has online leaderboards. No kidding. Uh, so what this is to me is this is kind of the backup NES. Like, I still have my NES here, but this is the, if I want to hook it up to an HDMI, you know, uh, based television, if I want a system that can play all this stuff and be a backup, like, this is what that is to me. I'm going to be rude and ask, how much uh, did this set you back again? Uh, 185. Oh, that's not too bad. Which, that's a lot. But Do you have a link for that again, to, um, being late? Yeah, it's, um, the website is retrousb.com. It's a horrible, terrible design yeah, site. I remember, yeah. But when you get there, there's the AVS option on there, and you can click there it. There we go. And they are still open for pre-orders. Um, but the thing about pre-orders, you have to know, is you pay when you pre-order. So be mm-hmm. aware of that. Um, but there was that... What oh, there was the what was the limited edition NES that came out? Where it was like five hundred dollars. Oh, the a- the analog. Is that what it was? I thought it was. We were talking about that on yeah. the last episode as well. Analog analog NT. Uh, I'm trying to think of how that. I think. I think that actually, yeah, so the weird thing about that analog was, from my understanding, they took apart NESs and used the original hardware from them to build it. That sounds accurate. I think, because it says the analog NT is designed around the heart and brain of the original NES. Um, Unlike knockoffs and emulator systems that are marketed today, analog NT is built with original hardware. So yeah, so that was kind of always kind of weird to me a little bit is that they actually just, I, from my understanding, they gutted NESs and remade them into a new system. Right. But that was, I, I want to say like five hundred dollars for that, or something like that. Yeah, it, it was very expensive. Yeah. Well, let me know when you get this. I'm interested. Take some shots and let me know how it is. Uh, are you going to open it and test oh, yeah, it out? Yeah, yeah. I definitely want to. I want. I want to use it. Um, the the one negative is. It doesn't come with any cartridges. I mean, not cartridges. It doesn't come with any controllers. And mm. at this point, um, there are a number of third-party NES controllers out there, but I've heard bad things about most of them. Right. I was recommended one of the brands that I can see if I can find it. But I'm trying to see now. I've got a friend who might be able to get me a few of the, the original like NES controllers that have been cleaned up and stuff. Because I'm kind of, I guess I'm kind of weird about just getting controllers other people have used for so long, <laughs> you know, like know. like twenty some years of right. of usage. Ooh. But I think the one I've heard the best about is the Circa C I R K A, the NES uh, N85 Premium Controller. Amazon has them for twelve seventy three. I think that's the one. No, there was a different one. I think that I've heard even better things about. I'll I'll define it, but let me ask you this: Speaking of these unique uh, gaming items, f- several months ago you mentioned the Arju Boy. Yes. D- did you ever get yours? I did. You know, I got in late. Uh, you talked about it. You were the first person I, you know, that I'd heard it from, and 
I went and I ordered one in June. I got a standard one. I think I spent about 40 to 50 bucks. And I did get an email update acknowledging that some things that they were going to get out the rest of their orders, so to speak, I think from their Kickstarter, and then start working on these. But I did that. I, I paid all the way back in late May. Mm-hmm. And we're pushing mid-August, and I still haven't gotten mine. Hmm. So I don't know. That's interesting. Yeah, and I do know stuff. I'm assuming it came from China. Yeah, I want to. I, I want to say it did. Because I know stuff coming from there can take up to like a month or whatever. So, but I still thought that was kind of. I mean, I know it took a, I took a little bit extra time for them to send out the um, the the original ones. You know. Right. God. I sh- somebody had to control. No, go, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say I, maybe I should look into it soon. Yeah, you might ask them and see like what they have to say about that. Like if yeah. if there's a problem with them or something like that. Um, shoot, there was some other there's some other option for these control. Anyway, uh, look if, if anybody's going to go over this route again, the AVS, um, and they're curious about the this all stuff, like send me a tweet. Uh, and I'll tell you, like, when I find it. Because I know there's somebody else who was recommending there's supposed to be an even better third-party option. Like, if you're going to go third-party, there's another option to go. Um, oh, oh, Gamers Tech, that's who it was. Yeah, Gamers Tech. So you can just tweet me, I'll let you know. But, yeah, I would I would talk to them. Um, I actually haven't used mine, I, but barely. Like, it's a really neat little mm-hmm. thing, but I just haven't had a chance right. to sit down and, and actually play right. around with it. Because I think I found, like, I was trying to put, uh, I think what happened, and this is the problem I have with all this kind of, like, um, amateur tech stuff, is like, oh, here's how easy it is to put games on it. And then it's like, download this and go into this shell and do a replace with this <laughs> file. And I'm like, I don't, like, compile this. I'm like, I don't know what any of this stuff means. Like, right. this is not, like, that's the thing like, I think I ran into. Is, like, if it was, I want... Show me a thing where I can drag this onto that, and I'm done. Like that's all I want, you know. Right. But it was it was a lot more complicated than that, from what I remember. Yeah, and I kind of know what you mean because only because I was looking at the site and prep for when I received mine, but um, that's yet to happen. But I got it kind of probably for similar reasons that you did more novelty, just kind of a showcase, a show off piece, you know. Yeah, and I mean that, that's a but, little bit uh, of why I got this this. Uh, the AVS thing. I mean, yeah, I, mean nice. I legitimately do want an option for playing NES because that was just like, you know, I had um, the Atari 2600 before that and then another system as well. So the NES wasn't my first system, but it was kind of like my first real, like, super gamer kind of system. So I still have that kind of, that connection, that emotional attachment to it. So I, that's why I wanted something to always have there to play in case my old NES just wasn't cutting it anymore. Mm. Well, that's not a bad idea. You know, I think the pricing is pretty good. You know, let me know what the build quality on it yeah. is. Uh, that's the question. That's the kind of thing I'm a little bit worried about. It's like, because nobody is for sure, you know, nobody has it yet. So we're all right. kind of like paying directly out of pocket for this thing that we don't really know much about. Hmm. Now let me ask you this, because you're kind of the uh, the show's world traveler. Uh, Sony recently announced the press conference coming up on, I believe it's September seventh, uh, for their next event. 
uh, where it's expected to unveil its upgraded PlayStation 4, the, the PlayStation 4 Neo. Obviously, that's rumored, not confirmed, but uh, numerous outlets are reporting that. The event's going to be held at the PlayStation Theater in New York City at 3 o'clock Eastern on the 7th. The company is being elusive about the details, saying only that it will, quote, share details about the PlayStation business. It's unclear if Sony will announce a release date or price for the new console. You know, it's a shame because um, when they announced the PS4, do you remember where they had that at? I don't. It was the Hammer Team Ballroom. Oh, yeah. Which any uh, <laughs> any old school uh, ECW fans ECW, will know. Yes. Yeah. So that was kind of awesome to me to be in the <laughs> Hammerstein Ballroom for that. So, oh, so kinda, you were there, huh? Yeah, I was there. Wow. Wow. It's kind of sad now that like this one will be in a different place, not that. Right. So part of the reason I bring it up, uh, will you be attending this event? Um, maybe. I, I, I would say right now it's probably 60-40 to yes. But I need to, I need to get things confirmed and stuff. So, uh, if it was up to you, would do you, you want to go to New York? You want to make that flight? Yeah, you in the yeah. Mood I'm, to I go? I love these kind of like the thing is like I I go to most of the press conferences every year for E3, and the fact of the matter is, in terms of covering them for news, it's a hundred times easier to do that from home than being there. Right. But to me, it's it's still part of the it's the excitement, you know. It's it's the pageantry. It's it's just the the being there in that moment and being alive when that happens, kind of thing. So right. I would love to just be there and and for the announcement and see what happens. I mean, I'm I'm positive it's the you know Neo. I'm, there's it can't not be that. The question more is, what's it going to look like? When does it come out? What's it cost? You think it'll have a new look, uh, dra- uh, redesigned from the PS4? I think it has to have some kind of update. Yeah, to separate itself apart. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it has to be. You know, if they're they're kind of saying they're not going the smartphone Apple route, but I think they're kind of are going the smartphone Apple route. So I think if they do that, it doesn't have to be too much different. But they also the question is, are they going to make the current PS4 smaller? Right. So if oh. they do. They have to be careful of not having them look the same then and stuff like that. Yeah. So they, I think they'd do something to make it look different enough hmm. that when you see it, you're going to know what it is. Um, but I think it's going to still have that kind of same theme to it. And there's, there's rumors, too, right now going around that Sony may be considering bumping the specs a little bit. Well, if they, if they do that, then I'm assuming it wouldn't be getting released in the next couple months. Not necessarily, because I mean, like, if well, that's the question. Okay, the question is, are they still thinking about it? Because if they're thinking about it now, then yes, it would be hard to have it come out right. in a few months. Because I, I don't remember how long the lead time is for packaging, but I think the thing it's like three months, mm. maybe, to get things built and out in at least some kind of quantity. Um, but I think the rumor was maybe a little bit more RAM and a, just a little bit faster. Like uh, GPU or right, something, probably to compete I with. Uh, I, that's that's what the rumor is that they they not scared, but they got a tiny bit nervous about the Scorpio supposed mm. specs. They want to just make sure this has a little more oomph to it. I'm just looking at the rest of this article to see if there's anything interesting here. I mean, it's, it's like I mean, like you know, it, you were asking me about it, but I guess like in in you know, turning back on you. Like, 
what what gets you to buy it? Um, it's I mean, you know, the big thing I'm thinking is is that with the added power, maybe you don't need as much. Uh, Equipment, if you want to go the VR route, but that's and as everyone knows, I was actually rather pleased with the VR demo I played. So, but that's not something in the cards for me this year. Uh, with that being said, you know what are they? You know, I guess they're going to be doing side by side videos and showing comparisons, maybe in resolution, frame rate, consistency, maybe a little, you know, maybe another layer of detail. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I my reasons for for wanting to maybe get one or it's not even an official show answer it's stupid and i'm not even gonna put it on the table right now but and that's not a lock that i'd be doing it right away anyway because you know i gotta see what they're right. lo- what it looks like and how much it's gonna cost but um yeah i don't know it's a, it's uh, the only thing i can think of is like the vr aspect and like when they do the side-by-side comparisons um, it's it's got to be a pretty good difference to really get to light a fire up people's backsides. I mean, it's, it's an interesting situation because it can't be too good that it makes that, the current PS4 look yeah, like garbage. Yeah. But it has to be good enough that people are like, oh, I kind of right. want that, you know. Like, I mean, if it was a question of, okay, I know Mass Effect's going to be like 60 frames a second. Right. I know... Last of Us 2 is going to be 60 frames a second, you know, in 1080p. Like, if it was a question of that, I might kind of want it, but, I mean, like, I I don't think I'm going to run out and get one, you know. But it's it's a question of, like, yeah, it's like, how much is the difference going to be? Because I think one of the rules, and I don't know for sure, but I think one of the rules is, like, in multiplayer, you can't have a frame rate difference between... Oh, I think they're going to say they're going to, so they got to go the lowest common denominator. Because then it, it gives the Neo players too much of an advantage. Wow. So the question is like, yeah, what are they allowed to do and not do? And I think that's what we need to find out. Mm. And then I mean, like, another thing too is, you know, it's not going to do 4K gaming. I don't care what anybody says. Scorpio's not going <laughs> to either. You know, we've already said that. Um, but, you know, if it has, okay, uh, for 4K Blu-ray, absolutely, I think that's going to be part of it. But I don't have a 4K TV. Yeah, I know. It's And, and all know. this stuff costs money, sadly. Yeah. So this is, I mean, you know, the talk's been, this is a, a, a thing Sony's doing to try to stop people from maybe moving to PC instead of PS4. And that could potentially be the case. But I think for most average people of us, you know, I don't think we're going to necessarily rush to get it. Mm. Well, yeah, so it's going to be interesting. Uh, Take photos. Put them up on your Twitter in case you go. Yeah. So that'll be interesting to see, see how that unfolds. Unless that whole thing, September 7th, is just about the Final Fantasy 15 delay. (laughs) <laughs> that would be hilarious. And what's funny too now, of course, is that an Apple's announced that their their big event is September seventh. Oh, no kidding! Exact same day. Mm. What do you think on that? You thinking uh, iPhone seven? Well, iPhone seven, and then the big one is they're gonna supposedly do a new MacBook that's gonna have instead of the function key, it's gonna have like a touch LED, and it'll have the thumbprint thing on it and stuff mm. like that. So, mm. yeah, I took. You, you're still an iPhone user? 
Yeah, yeah. Sa- yeah, yeah same yeah. here. I did take a look at the uh, Note 7 the other night, which comes out in a couple weeks. While I'm not going to switch, I will admit it was a pretty nice-looking phone. I think I, you know, I, I think Apple's um, gotten lazy in their phones, and it's kind of ridiculous that the iPhone stuff is going to come out and it's not going to look different than the current models really too much. Um, I remember that you know it was always that the new number was when they had the big revision. Right. Uh, I think they've gotten really lazy on that, and they're supposedly joining the club of getting rid of the headphone jack, which is just dumb. Yeah, they were talking about that. They were thinking that a lot of people are going to kind of be either upset or, yeah, certainly not pleased with that. Yeah. Yeah, so. I, don't, I don't know about that. <clears throat> but, um, yeah, but what do you, uh, what do you got going on? Outside? Are you allowed to talk about, uh, or maybe not? I mean, I can talk about if I like, have it and I'm playing it. Oh, th- you know, you know what I'm thinking already. Yes, <laughs> King of Fighters well, fourteen. You, you are good. Yeah, I do have it. I I am playing it for review. Um, I can't say much more than that. Wow. I can say that I have it. How about this? When will the review be up? When can we look for it at egmnow.com? I think I can say that. And I'm going to say off the top of my head that I believe it's the 23rd. Okay. Don't quote me okay. on that. Because I, I, I feel like I have like about a, almost around two weeks to play it, mm. so, which is nice. Because it used to be, you know, it's funny that um, when I got Persona 3 and 4 for review from Atlas, Persona 3 I got in three months before release. And Persona 4, I want to say it was at least like a month and a half to two months before release. Okay. And that was amazing because that actually gave me a chance to properly to sit down and enjoy the game. Right, and play not through rush it. through it. And yeah, because so, these days, like so many times, review copies come in a week before it comes out, you know, five days before it comes out, three days before it comes out, um, the day it comes out sometimes. So... It's gotten really rough in terms of how soon you get the the game to review it. So it's always nice when companies have the chance to give it to you early. Hmm. Well, that'll be one to look out for. Uh, We're getting close on that. Uh, Are there anything else uh, after that you're looking forward to or anything else in the pipeline uh, as we start to enter in September, getting somewhat closer to the holiday releases? I mean, I'm really excited, um, and I should begin this too very, very soon for review. There's Style Savvy 3 coming out. Uh, Style Savvy Fashion Forward over here in the States. 3DS or what format? Or Vita? 3DS, yep. There's the 3DS version of Corpse Party, which is going to be really neat. Um, There's some, like, uh, we're getting starting to get some of the interesting visual novels, like Psycho Pass is September. Um... My favorite Criminal Girls two is coming out. <laughs> wow, know, Avita. Uh, yeah. Can you believe a physical release? Uh, I I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Well, I remember you did the uh, YouTube video I watched. Yeah. Maybe about an hour of Criminal Girls one. Yep. But uh, that that was a bit a uh, little bit rough around the edges. Yes, that was a little bit rough. Um, got uh, Steins Gate Zero and River City Tokyo Rumble coming up in September. Mm. 
Those are good. There's like a lot of like, I'm looking at the list. There's a lot of really good like Japanese games coming out. Uh, Dragon Quest Builders I'm very excited for. Yeah, have you you played it? Yeah, a little bit. You like it? Uh, yeah. It's, it's, an, it's a really interesting mix between the um, Minecraft thing and actually giving Minecraft some story and monster, proper monsters mm-hmm. and, you know, things to do in combat and stuff like that. Mm. There's a really interesting Vita uh, horror game, uh, Yumawadi Night Alone, coming out in October. Another visual novel, Root Letter, which is um, very interested in. Wow. Uh, Wild Guns Reloaded. Oh, that uh, I am looking forward to. That's November. Yep. And then um, just to be in time for Christmas, Gravity Rush 2. Yeah, as of right now. Yeah. That's what, 12 2? Yeah. Hmm. So there's lots of coming. Hmm. The Wild Guns, uh, I saw a thing on Play Asia, so I don't know if there's going to be a physical release for that, but I'll have to watch out. I think I'm trying to. Oh, excuse me. Yeah. I'm trying to remember if, like, if uh, Natsume had said that they were going to do them to edition or not. Mm. Possibly, but I'm not. I'm not positive. You gonna pick that one up? Yeah, I probably will. Yeah. I I really like what they did with it. Like, I like the idea behind it. Mm. So, can you believe Thanksgiving is going to be in just over three months? Yeah, I know. Can, this year is gone can like crazy. You believe it? Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to right now. I'm trying to decide if I want to go to Tokyo Game Show or not. Oh my goodness! Because I don't know. I mean, I don't know that you would have looked at prices, but prices for tickets are insane right now for Japan. Like, I, I can get a round trip to Tokyo for four hundred eighty dollars. Wow. That's like about the same price it would cost me to fly back to Nebraska and back. Wow. So yeah, ticket prices are so crazy right now that I'm I'm trying to decide if I want to go, you know, like just from my own having fun or not. Yeah, because you could kind of kill two birds with one stone at that price, especially. Yeah, yeah. So. When uh, when is TGS? Uh, is it October? September fifteenth. Wow, that's soon. It's it's um let's see. It is September. Yep, fifteenth through the nineteenth. So. What, the hell, what the hell are they going to have there? <laughs> oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, it's 15th or the 18th. Because mm. uh, it's, it's two days of business and two days of, of open to the public. Mm. That's kind of like my hesitation is because in the last in, in the last few years, like Tokyo Game Show has been kind of bad. Yeah, I thought they were kind of improving it. So I felt like there was more of an effort being put forth. Mets. Well, they, they, were, they were putting effort into having different kinds of things there. Right. But for someone like me who's going over to want to do coverage of it or uh, talk to companies or something like that, it's it's gotten a little, little worse than it used to be. Mm. There's still crazy lines, though, outside the venue? Yeah. I still remember, like, I think it was, was it <clears throat> right before the Vita came out? I remember that, I think it was the Vita, but um, I went to the Sony booth and the show had been open for like 10 minutes and the line was already so long that it would take the entire day for people to get a chance to play it. So they had stopped the line. It's like 10 minutes after the show stopped they already had enough people for the entire day in line. Man. That's crazy. Yep. That's crazy. 
but uh, you you still got a bunch of friends and uh, I get uh, relatives over there, pr- primarily in Osaka. Yeah, most people I know are in Osaka, but I mean, of course, I know people who go to Tokyo Game Show. Mm. You know, um, either people who live over there covering it, or people from over here. You know, like people that I've known for years and that do this kind of stuff, and are from other outlets and stuff. Mm. So. And what Osaka is about? What three, four hours from Tokyo? Yeah, um, I remember I took the bullet train. The bullet train was like an hour twenty. Oh wow, that's pretty damn. That's pretty so. Damn. It's kind of like I feel like it's kind of um, for anybody who knows it. It's kind of like the San Francisco London. I mean, that's not, not London, San Francisco L.A. kind of thing. Mm. Where it's like you know you get on a plane, you're up there for an hour, and you're done. Wow something like that so hmm. well I think uh, I think that's about it on GVGP19 here I think we've kind of hit all points uh, not to be a Debbie Downer but uh, it's been a little bit quiet the last couple weeks yeah. you know FF15 yeah. was kind of the latest breaking news uh, this evening I guess my final question before I sign out and maybe do a last set of plugs uh, just to double check we didn't get any new fan mail did we uh, we did not, unfortunately. Hmm. And we would love to have yeah. fan mail. So. So, uh, oh, and you know what? So two things. We would love some more fan mail. Uh, and if one wants to do that, you go what? Radio.morningproject.com. It'll be in the show notes. Uh, I mean, if depending on how you're getting this show, it should be in the, in the show notes for this episode. Because it's just gvgp at morningradio.com. So if you're like an iTunes or you're your mp3 player whatever it should be in the show notes or right. you can go uh to radio.morningproject.com click on any of the posts for the gvgp episodes and it has the show notes there too and let me ask you this actually and and molly hasn't heard this so i'm just throwing this out there it's just uh, thinking out loud don't know if this would come to fruition but uh, depending on how many people send us uh, their thoughts and comments and emails would you the GVGP fans be interested in participating in a call in show oh now that's a little bit that takes a little bit more work because mm, how yes. what we do is we record each of our respective feeds uh, and then combine them to get more clarity for the listener um, but in this case if we were to dabble or contemplate that we would be utilizing Skype and we would be restricted, uh, much like the online play potentially between the PS4 Neo and the standard, to the lowest common denominator in terms of sound. But um, yeah, I, I I guess I mean, I could. The question is how I get it to you, but I feel like on my end, I could record my audio and then the Skype audio. Yeah, it's a little bit more cumbersome. I used to do it with double plus, or I participated in it with double plus. We did it maybe two or three times, and it worked out well. But I will admit, it's a bit more work. But uh, it's it's like I said, it's just a thought, and we'll see what kind of feedback we get. But you know, I do feel it- like I feel like there's there's like some sort of an opening for somebody to make a software solution, like a podcasting, yeah, software so- that would automatically handle stuff like that. Right. You know, you'd think like somebody would have made that by now. Yeah. But um, but yeah, so once again, want to thank all the Generic Video Game Podcast listeners. Want to thank you for your patience. Uh, hanging in there with Molly and I, GVGP uh, 19 coming to a close. Don't forget to check us out 
24-bit AJE Molly Pen. You should know how to spell it by now. Check out EGMnow.com. We interrupt this program to bring you a special bulletin. And Molly and myself, Anthony, are now breaking in at the end of GVGP19 to bring you the latest breaking news from Gamescom in Germany. Yeah, because basically uh, we were done with the show and I was getting ready to get it put up. Uh, and then one thing happened and then something else happened and then something else happened. And I sent Anthony a message and I'm like, you know what? I think we can't wait on this stuff until the next show. And since this, this show hadn't been put up yet, um, let's just delay it a little bit, add an addendum to it at the end and, and go from there. So, And I'm actually very pleased with Molly's decision to do this because uh, I must admit, uh, last episode, you know, felt like a good recording, but I didn't think there was a whole lot of excitement going on. Uh, the last couple days out of Gamescom in Germany has uh, somewhat changed that. Um, as GBGP listeners are now tuned into about another 30 to 40 minutes of the latest breaking news. So uh, I don't know where you'd like to start, Molly. Um, well, I would say, um, I mean, because the thing that we talked about, so we can kind of bookend our previous conversation that people had just listened to a little bit ago, uh, would be Final Fantasy XV, which, in fact, as, as was rumored and suspected, has been delayed. Yes. Um, where do I start with it? Yeah, so, I mean, here's the deal. We, we were looking at some stuff privately, pr primarily on NeoGAF. We saw leaked images of signage that would get reworked. Um, th the crazy thing is, is I think that signage literally just went up, and then this change happened immediately thereafter as I was in my local GameStop that same weekend after our recording, and I saw the standee, and it matched what was leaked on NeoGAF, which would, you know, come to have that sticker put over it of 1129 yeah i mean that's always a question of like um did that force their hand a little bit earlier or was that the timing anyway you know because uh, i mean they, they obviously have to send that information out to stores and at that point they know that information is out there so were they like okay we know this will probably leak in a day or so and so we've already got a plan to when to announce it or did that come out sooner than they thought and so they kind of push up their announcement a little bit that's the question uh, yeah, and then there was another interesting thing. Um, I think it's worth mentioning uh, from Twitter. I have to bring up a warning member. Uh, Nick Rocks was speculating that could this also have something to do... Well, even though this wasn't said on the official Square Enix YouTube uh, video, this was not alluded to at all, but the cutoff date for ne PlayStation Neo was September 30th, and I'm assuming what he meant by that was games prior to 9.30 didn't have to incorporate any Neo functionality, but from then on, I'm assuming, titles were either, I'm guessing, suggested to or forced to, so... The, 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 I mean, we obviously don't know this for sure yet, but the all the talk is the fact that, yeah, there's a certain cutoff date where any game coming out after that has to also offer um, upgrades on when played on Neo. That there is a there is a very hard set cutoff. That any game come out before that, there's also a little bit of a window there where games before that can have a day one patch. Right. But anything after that date has to be your game has to come out ready to be Neo uh, buffed. Now speaking of patches and, and FF15, it's it's worthy to note that. D did you watch the Square Enix official video? If you don't mind me asking. I did not know. Okay, so. Uh, 
they came on, they apologized for the delay. The reason they gave for the delay was so they said the game is essentially is in master copy form, okay? And then they were working on a day one patch. And ultimately that they'd have the day one patch ready to go, but by doing so that there were still some users that don't have the ability to access the internet. So the hard decision they made was that the disc that one gets on 1129 will incorporate what was to be the day one patch as well as excess content on top of that. So people who experience the title based off that disc will get a much uh, an even more polished and primed piece, even if one were to never update it with an internet patch. Yeah, that was that. That was like pretty much their verbatim, their official reasoning. And I mean, that's one of the things that I think we said earlier in the show as to why they might be delaying it, and putting aside conspiracy theories that's not what's going on with the game and that's not why it got delayed uh taking them at face value and saying okay if that is the reason i think it makes perfect sense because i think as i said earlier in case i'm saying it again um that you know one of the biggest markets for this game is japan and you cannot count on japanese gamers um getting that patch because I think there's a lot of people in Japan who probably just don't have their PS4s connected to the internet at all. And ha- knowing that, knowing that Japan is one of the territories where this game really needs to do well, and also knowing that on that date it would be almost directly competing with Persona 5. Oh, like, that's, I didn't even think of yeah, that angle. I think they want the game to come out as good as possible. So it, you know... If this were an online game like a, an Overwatch, well, people who buy Overwatch are going to have to play online anyway. Right. So you can assume that they're going to go online. You know, Call of Duty, Battlefield, all these big games, you can assume that. But once you get like these these solo experiences that have popularity in countries that don't have as much internet co- connectivity for their consoles, like I think it does make more sense to make sure that day one version is as good as it could be. So you do feel if uh, conspiracy theories aside, you, you feel it is uh, a justified and smart maneuver? Absolutely. I mean, I think I think it's, I, I think it's obviously not the date they wanted. And right. I, I think it hurts them more in the West than it does like in, in Japan or other yeah. Asian countries. Um, but in the West, you're getting to a point where you're getting seriously deep in the uh, pre-holiday rush of games, and you're also coming in after Black Friday. And I feel like you never want to release a game for the holidays that's not out before Black Friday, because you're yeah, you're like, missing a gigantic window of people who do their holiday shopping and have it done by that point. I was thinking of that as well, and uh, straight up, don't you think they? At this point, like, does one week really make a difference? Don't you think they could have pushed that a week early? I I was thinking the exact same thing. I'm like, wow, okay, if you're going to push it to November, okay. But at least, like, when everyone's out in their madness, like, if they see FF15 on shelves, they at least can grab it. If you want my honest opinion, this should be a January-February game. Mm. I, I, think, I think November is a bad time. I said, I said... If you are not out before Black Black Friday, I think you're hitting at a really, really bad time of the year. 
for a game this big. Because at that point, think about how many gigantic games have then come out. And you might say, well, Final Fantasy has its own kind of, you know, selection of fans. But those fans, if they're waiting long enough, they might break down and get something else. And and there's nothing saying that somebody who likes Final Fantasy doesn't necessarily doesn't like Titanfall or Battlefield or um, Call of Duty or any other like gigantic stuff that's coming out this year. Yeah, not to be devil's advocate, but you know, first quarter you've got uh, near is supposed to be early 2017. Resident Evil Seven is 124. Um, while maybe not perceived as major of a title, official for PS4 in January 24th as well, is supposed to be Yakuza 0. So, I mean, there would be some competition, especially for, uh, I don't know if it's the right term, but like Japanophiles or people still into Eastern gaming. I think those games, though, are the kind of games... I mean, Resident Evil's tough, but I think a lot of those other games are the kind of games where you're okay to wait on them um, and play Final Fantasy first. Whereas, if you do have any interest in a Battlefield, a Call of Duty, a Titanfall, um, I need to look at the list of what the big games coming this month or this year. Uh, those are the kind of games where people like jumping in day one and playing with their friends online. Right. So, I would have pushed it. I don't know. That's that's my that's my opinion. And you know, pushing it to that point again. There's been a, a back and forth conversation online about. You know, just how big of a threat is Persona 5 to Final Fantasy 15? I think rational people say, like, not super big. I'm questioning that. I'm, 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 I think it might be a little bigger threat than we think it will be, but not as much as I might probably, as probably I think it is. But with that coming out December 2nd, um, those games are then, like, it's the opposite of Japan. In Japan, this gives, Final Fantasy breathing room away from. Wait a minute, am I am I wrong? When is I'm thinking. You know, I'm thinking of Gravity Rush too. Gra- well, Gravity Rush is twelve it's, two. It's December second. Yeah. When is Final Fantasy? I mean, when, I mean, when, when is uh, Persona? Uh, Valentine's Day. Okay, so never mind then. I never mind what I'm just saying. I, I I got I got it. I got the Gravity Rush two date screwed up. Um, so. In that case, maybe it's better in the West. Like I said, I don't know how much you're going to compete, but maybe it's better in the West for Final Fantasy to come out. I just feel like I feel like the day after Black Friday to like January 5th or 6th is this gigantic dead zone right. of releases. Right. Because at that point, I mean, let's, let's be fair, you know, November you know, late November, you're reaching a point where people might be starting to leave for holidays, going back home, getting holiday planning done. If they're going to go back for the holidays, that might give them only two weeks to play the game. Like, that's a really bad position to put an RPG into, I think. Hmm. Because you want people to be able to sit down and just, like, spend hours and hours playing it. Right. And... I might be like, you know what, I'll just wait till after the holidays to pick up Final Fantasy, because then I can play it. On the other hand, though, people might just have the holidays off, and they have the perfect time to kind of play it. I don't know. I'm, I'm curious to see how this works out for Square. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. And then, uh, before we move on from the FF15 topic outside of the official announcement, which I watched, I also did watch... Uh, now, I didn't study it intensely, but I did watch uh, the fr- an hour of, of master disc footage 
which was shown at Gamescom. I watched that on YouTube, direct feed, HD. And it, it looked good, you yeah. know? Uh, I played the demo. It looked like, did, did you watch any of that hour? No, because I don't, I don't go for, like, the super big chunks of, of gameplay video. At that point, I'd rather just wait for the game itself. Right. To play it. Yeah, they, they did show some more areas as, what you know, would be expected. Uh, some more enemies... Uh, showed them kind of conversing around and eating inside of like a restaurant, uh, interacting with some other people. A little bit of uh, like a town type area, but they did show a wide mix. And, uh, you know, I, I thought it was positive. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how the final product comes out. One more interesting thing on the translation, and uh, I apologize, I don't have the gentleman's name that actually did the, the little speech. But. <laughs> But something that stood out to me from the translation from Japanese to English, and I don't know if this is the work of the person who did the subtitles or how accurate it was, but and I don't think this is meant to be cocky or out of line. It's just the way it came out. But he was said something to the effect that, you know, that they want Final Fantasy XV obviously to be of the highest quality as it's been in development for over ten years, and they asked, you know, for the, um, the for forgiveness for pushing it another two months, as they know that there are people waiting for it daily. But they said that they also want with these final tweaks and this, uh, the final pieces that they're adding on to make it so that when other people see Final Fantasy XV, like other developers, that it sends them kind of running scared from Final Fantasy XV. Hmm. So I was like, wow. And like I said, it wasn't. he was very humble and uh, professional and polite through the about six-minute video. But the way they came across on the bottom, I was like, wow, you know. I don't think he was being an a-hole, but I was like, wow, those are those are stiff words, especially with, you know, the state of how many Japanese franchises have been in recent years, and especially with touch-and-go aspects of Final Fantasy, but I found that, um, I found it interesting. The problem I'm still having with this game um, is that every time they release new character art for it and show off different characters and everything, I just keep saying these are the characters I want to be playing instead of the characters I actually do play. Mm. Like, every... Like, there... Because there was art that came out that last I saw, and I haven't followed up on this, that people were speculating it was art of an older version of Noctis, the main character. Kind of like with a beard and scraggly hair. And he just looks like a hundred times cooler and more interesting, like, in that version than he is in this game. Um, There was another... Even, like... Who was it? Uh, Gladio's sister. I don't know who that is exactly, but like she looks kind of neat, and some of the other characters just like they showed this girl in the armor that looks neat. There's just like I keep seeing all these characters that I'd be playing than the main character. Let me ask you this: so there's the four, the the four main, which we've all seen. Yes. But isn't there the potential? Especially in an RPG for some of those other characters to I don't think so. I think it's specifically those four characters. I mean unless they unless they bring a surprise to it, I think mm. it is like this is who you are playing and this is their story. Hmm. Well, I've said this before and this 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 is just visual based, but um I always find the aesthetics and the look, the fashion very cool. I know that doesn't really equate to much for the game. The game's gotta still be good and be engrossing and everything from gameplay to capturing the player's interest but uh, i know a long time ago on gvgp we discussed differences between western and eastern looks uh you know between your more traditional like lord of the rings dungeons and dragons gritty hardened warriors versus what we've seen a lot from tetsuya nomura's design in final fantasy over the last couple decades 
but um, what what do you what do you think of that aspect uh, in closing on Final Fantasy fifteen? You still do you have any interest in that? Uh, I think it's no secret that you and I have some interest in Japanese fashion and trends and pop culture. What what do you think of that? I I don't I don't know. Like I really don't know. Um, I'm obviously I'm going to play it for work because I'm reviewing it. Oh okay. Uh, so I'm going to play it no matter what, but. It just like you know, Final Fantasy VI is still one of my favorite RPGs of all time, and there was something just really magical in that game. And I think just as the series has gone on, it's kind of like lost me more and more. But to be fair, I, I like seven. I go back and forth on. Like I was never like the seven is you know God's gift to to gamers kind of person, um, and I think it gets a little too hyped. For, for what it was, but it was still a really good game. Uh, I really liked 10. Um, I loved, loved what I played of 12. But I just, I think this kind of new era, like 12 is the Final Fantasy I still want. That that mixture of actual real fantasy and um, then tech together, you know? Right. But I think they've just lost me with this new era of super modern uh you know running around cities that look like cities i could run around stuff like that it, it's funny because i love that aspect on the persona games like I, that's why i like persona is that it was set in more of a modern day in situations that we can relate to but like i don't want that from final fantasy you know there's, there's the word fantasy in the name i want fantasy kind of stuff and i just like I don't. I don't know that I want four guys driving in a car, and then getting out inside of the road and fighting monsters. Like I don't know that I want that, and I, I don't know that Final Fantasy is what I want anymore. So I think this might be, and then for a lot of players, so this is going to be kind of the make it or break it game. Like, it's but it's funny to me to think. Like, remember how big Final Fantasy was and, like, how special it was every single time a game came out? And I think... I think 13 just ruined that. And that's not necessarily on the quality of 13, but you had three different 13 games and they right. were all Very different. Di- yeah. And it was like, lightning just won't go away and it's getting weirder and weirder and you kind of like lost a lot of fans at that point it's crazy because you know before the final products came out i thought lightning was going to be a home run yeah and it just yeah the fans didn't uh it it just didn't work out like that it just like it's it's too i don't know the artsy's the word but like even as weird as final fantasy 6 was i feel like i could kind of connect with those characters and relate to them Right. And then at this right. point, like, I just can't... There's, like, nobody I can be like, okay, this is the character that I relate to. You know, I mean, when... when uh, um, Oh, my God, I'm, I'm totally going to ruin his name. Is it Bosch in 12? Bosch and Fran. I think it's... Is it not Bosch? Oh, God. Baltier. Baltier. Baltier and, and Fran. Gold star for you. Like, walk on screen, like you love them like instantly they are awesome and like you know some of those characters in the game weren't great but there were some like just fantastic and i just think that like you know what it is it's it's this is a really weird comparison but i feel like final fantasy now and especially 15 is is like paris fashion show and you're like you're, you're sitting there in a crowd like looking at all this fashion and you're like 
I would never wear any of this, and I don't know who wears this. It's like these games now are made for somebody who isn't me, and I don't know who they're made for. This may be the weirdest statement I ever make on generic video game podcast. But uh, would it be crazy if if I had thoughts that, uh, like, wow, I wish I could pull something like that off if I looked that good? Well, no. I mean, I mean like, that's, that's the thing. It's like... But yeah, I, I know exactly. Fashion. I know exactly what you mean. It's like, it's like, damn. It's like, is everyone like a supermodel? You know what I mean? Yeah. Or everyone is dressed to the nines? Yeah, I mean, I get that as well. I mean, I have to admit, as much as I kind of find it uh, uh, humorous and interesting, all at the same time, I, I must admit, like when you see them battling these huge, you know goliaths and monsters it is a little bit uh jarring to see how they're dressed for such you know i I think i think the problem is like advent children hit and then advent children's for some reason set the entire look to this series in terms of the main games right you know and 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 final fantasy used to be like you felt like there could kind of be difference i mean to be fair like the earlier games were all fantasy but like just like where's like my white mages you know where's my black mage where's you know summoners and and those kind of things and and again not four guys in a car that look like they're going to a you know a club like people that actually look like they can beat monsters i don't know it's just (laughs) i feel disconnected from it but you know i said i would love final fantasy 15 to come out and for me to love it so we'll see right well well, it'll be an interesting uh, review. I'm very interested to hear your take. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it a shot. And then, speaking of reviews, uh, I know this this as- this portion of the episode isn't meant to really get into this, but I'll make this quick. <coughs> Excuse me. Are you allowed to talk at all uh, about? Nope. Uh, c- not yet. You are you are good. You, I mean, I can tell you what I'm playing. You can say the name of the game, but I can't say much. About okay, it. so not yet. Yeah, next week. I uh, yes. Yeah. 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 King of Fire is 14, basically. Yeah, I'm dying to ask more, but... Um, yeah, I, l- so. Let me say one thing. I, I can say one thing, and if I get in trouble, I'll get in triple. I don't think I will. But um, I am happier about it now than I was before the game came out. Wow. So. Wow. Wow. Yep. Mm. Because I, I was... I was fluctuating back and forth between being worried and being excited for right. it. Um, and it's uh, better than I feared it might be. So, oh, Well, that's good for uh, King of Fighters fans. Yep. And uh, there's a special listener out there who I'll mention next episode. want to thank that person. They know who they are. I'm sure they'll be listening to GVGP19 in the coming days. You'll get a shout-out on GVGP20. And with that being said, the real the real five hundred pound elephant in the room is actually not the Final Fantasy fifteen delay, and the primary reason as for why we're recording this addendum to GBGP nineteen this evening. Um, three words: <laughs> Metal Gear Survive. Yeah, so that's basically. I texted Anthony, and I'm like, "Yeah, I can't put the show up because we have to talk about Metal Gear." Um, I didn't, I, I didn't think we'd see this this soon. I didn't either. To be honest. Yeah. 
I, I'm shocked at how quickly this came. Yeah. And I, I, mean, don't know, we, I don't know how to even start talking about it. Like, it's just so weird. Well, I have to give a shout out here because it was the first person I saw with a reaction video and they, they do have quite a following online and on YouTube. I watched Alpha Omega Sin's uh, must have been an 11-minute video on Metal Gear Survive, and I was actually at work, so I had to play it low. So, <laughs> and I mean, he really just laid in, and and, I, and he was 100% correct. So, uh, it's it, the first thing that comes to mind. It's not Metal Gear. No, it's uh, let's start with that. That's there's a starting point. Before we get into a little bit of dissection on what it does or doesn't do. It seems like it's it's a on it's seemingly an online only four player co op, more action based title. Yes. Which you kill zombie enemies, but the thing that really got me, and I I copied this. I quote. like how you gloss over zombie enemies, by the way. Well, ho- check this out. It's so uh, IGN broke this story. I, I have some quotes, but um, so IGN is the source. I'm going to give them a shout out, so I'm not stealing the information. But this is what really got me. It says, set directly after the events of Metal Gear Solid V Ground Zeroes, mm-hmm. Survive sees the members of Militaire Sans Frontier not killed in that game's finale. Tr- get this. <laughs> Transported through wormholes into an alternate universe where they're forced to battle a force of crystalline zombies and... It seems at least one Metal Gear itself. So I want to I want to be clear on something here because I've read opinions on the on the Twitter and the internet that are ridiculous, um, and they come from people who don't understand anything about Metal Gear and, and Hideo Kojima. There are people who have said, "Well, Kojima does all this crazy stuff, so wormholes and zombies aren't really all that weird." No, they're like completely out of place in this world. Like if you know anything about Metal Gear, if you know anything about what, what Kojima has done with this series, yes, it gets into some very crazy situations, but right. there's, um, and I mean, even like, okay, you're talking like Vamp and stuff <coughs> like that, you know, but like, wormholes are, are, are out of place and zombies are out of place, and there's, there was just, and I remember where this comes from, but I remember reading, way back, I saw this kind of quote where like any story you can have people suspend their disbelief at one point sure and then you can't have them do it again later if that if that second suspension goes against kind of what has been then been established by the first suspension and so metal gear has always been about super crazy military stuff both connection to the real world and to futuristic military and to some things that we can't then explain. And there have been some supernatural elements, but supernatural elements and zombies and wormholes are completely different. And I think anybody saying that zombies and wormholes fit into Metal Gear doesn't know Metal Gear at all. Well, I agree with your statements. I'm gathering my thoughts. I, it's... Uh, wow. So, so this, is a, this is a lower-priced game. It's not $60. It is a side project. It is it is looking everything about it looks to be its part of Metal Gear Solid Five. Mm-hmm. The closest I think we could compare this to, especially since it's also from Konami, is if you go back and look at Silent Hill Book of Shadows. 
where that was this kind of weird offshoot game to the mainline series, whereas, I, I mean, like, co- cooperative online isn't necessarily weird, but this, like you said, it's you're going through wormholes to alternate dimensions fighting zombies. Like, that's, that's a really weird kind of side game, and instead of having any kind of, like, single-player story, it looks like it's all multiplayer-focused. So this seems like a kind of, I don't want to say cash-in, but a, you know, as Japanese game fans would know, like a, a guide-in game, a, a side game that, like, like Final Fantasy Crystal Bearers, for example, you know, or um, the one back on, was that, was that the one back on GameCube where you hooked up your Game Boy Advances? Cr- uh, was it Crystal Chronicles? Crystal Chronicles, something like that, yeah, to mainline Final Fantasy. That's what this feels like. Well, and this may get GBGP its first explicit rating. Uh, this is quotes. So uh, after this on uh, Kotaku, I looked at, or actually which via NeoGAF, I looked at the initial reactions, and I'll read some of them. None of these will be surprising at all. We have everything from what? <laughs> yes. What the fuck? Well, motherfuckers what? <laughs> Uh, here is kind of a funny one which had no profanity it says well that's not chapter 3 now I'll be fair there were a couple of these rare oddities where we got holy shit that actually looks pretty cool this isn't pachinko yes at least it's not a mobile game yes more attempts at the survival genre will help progress it right uh Weren't they done with console gaming? Yes. <laughs> I think that's what they said. Well, that was a surprise. Uh, what? Let's see what else we've got here. Um, you know, why is this happening? Then people say money, money. Uh, there's one person here that says, is this a co-op game? If so, it looks dope as fuck. No, it looks like desperation and to try and continue a stolen franchise. So... Anyway, there were some of the initial reactions. I actually took to their Facebook page, and I didn't write anything profane, but I, <coughs> paraphrasing what I said, I went to the Konami Metal Gear page, and I said, I don't understand. I said that, first off, I said the turnover rate for being a social media worker at Konami right now must be astronomical. <laughs> the, the door must be. And I said, and I was being serious, putting updates like this up, if you know anything about games or Metal Gear, how are these people surviving the day mentally? Like, uh, like I've worked at jobs, seriously, like, you know, customer service or where you're working with escalated calls. I mean, I'm talking real life stuff. Like, that takes a toll. You know, some people can go, oh, those are words. You can turn it off. But, like, the Konami page the last 12 to 18 months has been just so negative. And now this just, like, this just blows it just the floodgates wide open and the only thing i can say for konami is that okay so we know they don't care we know they're in it for the money right but at the same time there's so much vitriol and hate are they really gonna be making any money even if it was a cost effective cheapy title to put out like it is so hated well there's i think there's a few big problems with this um you know it's like, if I was running Konami, what I would have done is I would have put out a video, a very sincere video, and you have 
people from higher up in Konami, you have team members come on and be like, we understand. I mean, just be honest, you know, and be like, we know what the community thinks of us right now. We know Metal Gear fans don't trust us. We know that we have a lot to prove to you and we want to prove that to you. And then you have like this 15, 20 minute video where you're going into explaining what this new Metal Gear game is and why you're doing it. Right. And, and the fact that, you know, we're, we're legitimately trying to take Metal Gear in an interesting new direction. We know we can't, I mean, not even necessarily call him out, but, you know, we know we can't be Kojima. We can't do what he did. Right. But we think there's still a lot of life left in Metal Gear. So here's what we're doing and here's why we're doing it. And here's why we hope you care. Like, you have to present this. You have to, you know, humble yourself in front of these Metal Gear fans and gamers. Say these things. Introduce this game to them. You know, tell them why they should care. It's like if you look at, like, Apple presenta- Apple press conferences or whatever, right? You know, Steve Jobs used to come out on stage and say, and basically tell you why you're going to care about the next iPhone or the next Mac or whatever it was. Um, there was none of that. There was, we're going to give IGN this completely random trailer that nobody knows is coming and nobody is ready for. And nobody has context for. Like, I think they completely screwed that up. And I, I think... I mean, I don't think... Okay, then I don't think this is the way to go. I don't think this is the game you make, at least not first. Right. This is not the first game you make when you're making new Metal Gear games. No. Um, so this is not what I would have done. And I think that, I think there's other things you, you could have done. Like, even... I'm trying to think of, like, even if you're like, okay, we're going to make a game about, like, Quiet for example, and we're going to introduce you to her and show you how she got into this game. And you could make that a five or six hour game, a smaller project, but have it be something that shows that you care about Metal Gear and that you want to do something with it. Or you could go back and, and show a piece of some, you know, of the history of Metal Gear and do something with that. You could go back and you could remake like the original Metal Gear, right? You could do something. That was... Okay, that was something, not to be rude and cut you off, that was something, a a card that I expected them to play where they'd take the engine and and they would just have to, you know, maybe hire some people to take the original Metal Gear and just put it into the, you know, like the MGS5 engine for like kind of a quick cash-in, but it would still lure hardcores into spending their cash one more time. Yeah, you said, I think you have to do something as your first game that shows fans... That this series is, is in safe hands. I think when people like you and I watch this video, you're like, oh my god, they're just, you know, they are they are pushing this corpse further into the grave than trying to resurrect it. Like, this is just like, just who wants this? Like, who... And another problem I have, and this is a big problem I have with a few games, um... This is the argument I made against Capcom with both uh, Operation Raccoon City and Umbrella Chronicles. 
So you watch this trailer and you see these characters you're going to be playing as, and it seems like there might be either you get some choice in your character or you can make your own character because we see different versions, like we see different versions of the character with a bow and different versions of the character with a shotgun. Um, But who wants to be those characters, right? Like, if you're going to do this game, if you're going to do wormholes and alternate dimensions and zombies... (laughs) then just put the freaking characters we care about into this game like go all the way either either come to fans and say we are using kid gloves with this series and we really want to do it right or be like you know what this is a totally crazy thing just for fans to to enjoy that is not canonical is not connected to the series this is just let's be crazy and wacky and have fun and especially in this era of hero games like Overwatch and Battleborn and Paragon and Smite and all of those games like put Solid Snake in there put put Quiet in there put Sniper Wolf put Meryl put Otacon you know put Solid I, I mean I mean uh, uh, Liquid you know put Revolver Ocelot like put all these characters in there and make it some crazy like you pick your favorite Metal Gear character and have their loadout and then you fight zombies together you might as well at this point yes do you have to this is like so like middle of the spectrum and you can't do that you have to either go completely crazy and fun or you have to really take this seriously and they're doing neither of those i I don't know what their expectations are for this i don't I, i really don't um i mean do you think is there anyone there like are they getting their jollies with this at this point not caring as to how much they're tarnishing and just flushing the series away i mean i don't know what the end game is here i i have no idea what the end game is at this point because like i said i think if they cared they would do something they would have treated this better and not just thrown it out you know either they don't understand anything about how to do this stuff and like without kojima they're completely lost or they don't care and they're just like, let's throw something at the wall and see if it sticks. Hmm. Which is not what you want to do with one of the biggest gaming franchises, if you own it. And one of the only franchises you have left that matter. We might have dabbled in this in the past, but uh, let's, let's say this flops. <laughs> and let's say they give it maybe another one or two chances. To- you know, totally different things. Not Maybe not the same type of co-op. They throw that game, Metal Gear, out there a couple more times, seeing what sticks. Let's say they just keep failing, which is the only way I see it going right now. Do you think they would finally sell the IP off to someone? I don't... Could... could... <laughs> I mean, okay... Could so... Kojima buy it back? Okay, but let's, let's be fair here. I mean... Um inside baseball here but <clears throat> Anthony and I have been watching a certain uh, URL registration for oh, yes. a magazine I used to work for Yeah, that 20 years later is still being uh, resubscribed to every single year so I think a lot of companies would rather hang on to that property in case they want to do anything with it than get rid of it like I think especially if Konami wants to get out of gaming like I think they're just like, you know what, let's hold on to this. We can do merchandising, we can do pachinko games, we can do a movie in the future, we can do stuff with it. I do not think Konami gets rid of it. Hmm. It feels like Konami's going under and it's a, it's a, you know, a bankruptcy sale, it's one thing, but I do not think Konami gives it up. 
And I mean, let's be honest too. At this point, does Kojima even want it anymore? Like I have, I have to think a lot of him wants to move on, and 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 I'm I think like we've seen him have kind of a new passion for making games. Now that he's doing something totally different than he had doing Metal Gear, and I'm sure he loved Metal Gear, you know. But at a certain point, it might it might be more of a pride thing where he wants the ownership back just because it's what he helped create. Right. But I think at this point he'd rather do like new stuff. I mean, maybe right. like ten years down the road or so, right. he'd go back to it. But I don't think he wants it right now. Mm. Well, we've said it before, and we'll say it again. Who would have ever thought we'd see the day where Sega was doing better than Konami? <laughs> I just like I said the entire thing. Just like I, it's it's so weird, and I I think I think it just completely shows the fact that Konami has no clue what to do with Metal Gear right now, because this is not how you like I said this is not how you handle it. Wouldn't you love to somehow go into their uh, into their office uh, invisibly and just kind of peek for a couple of days and see <laughs> what the hell kind of structure or who, what's going on there? I mean, it's. Uh, it's terrible. I would imagine tension in those offices or just morale has got to be through the floor. I can't wait for them to announce their new uh, Silent Hill MOBA. That's going to be exciting. <laughs> now, as we start to wrap up this addendum to GVGP19 on uh, Thursday, the 18th of August, on a scorching hot summer night here in Portland, then I'm assuming it's the same in the LA area, or I know you've had scorching hot weather recently yeah it's uh it's been that that point where it's like not completely melting but it's hot enough it's uncomfortable so yeah we uh we got a three days in a row north of 100 we hit about 103 today oh yeah you're, you're worse off than we are right now yeah you? so i'm doing this for the love of gvgp and its fans it's passionate fans all around the globe so we've hit on two points tonight ff15 metal gear survive uh, we've got there's two last things we're going to touch base on before we wrap it up. It shouldn't take as long. Next up, uh, actually, before we get to the, I know the last piece you're looking to talk about. I have to ask, did you look at the trailer for the newly announced psychological horror game Break Even, published by Namco Bandai? I did not. I I'm going to give a shout out to Rival Shade, longtime listener. Um, he actually sent it my way from Gamescom. Hmm. Uh, it looked interesting. You should check out the trailer. Break even. So, uh, and it was kind of weird because uh, is horror back on the uh, trying to be back on the upswing? Um, you know, everything from Resident Evil S- uh, Seven to Break Even to uh, while we're not getting Silent Hill per se, you know, Kickstarter projects trying to mimic PT. Um, you know the the tragedy that is Metal Gear Survive. <laughs> That certainly is the, more. The, there was, you know, as much trolling as Metal Gear Survive has done, even though it's not really trolling, there was something at Gamescom that outdid it in terms of troll factor. And that was the cojones they had, the 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 uh, the billboard or whatever you want to call it, outside the, the venue, promoting Half-Life colon 3. Did you see that? No, I didn't see that. So a a Half-Life 3 poster was spotted at Gamescom. But don't get excited just yet. This isn't for Valve's long overdue sequel. It's for some world-class trolling 
uh, I don't know how to pronounce this gentleman's name, so I'm only going to say his last name, spotted by Mr. Wilson at Eurogamer and Keza McDonald at Kotaku UK. The poster doesn't actually read half hyphen life three, but rather half hyphen life colon three. And under that in smaller text, editors who played it back then. So the three refers to the number of editors. Ah. Yeah. So that was some some new era, new level trolling. But uh, Okay, so by the way, yep. um for, for anybody like me who could not find this game Anthony's talking about, it's called Get Even. Did I say break even? Yes. I'm sorry. I think in my intro I had I said get even and I slipped. My apologies. Yeah, it, get it, it even. is yes, it, it is get even, not break even, so I can- <laughs> I was like, I cannot find this game you're talking about. It. This, this time of the month, financially, I'm trying to break even, but yes. the game is get even. Yep. So, uh, yeah, it, uh, it seems interesting. Mm. But as we close out this piece here, I think the last piece on the table is the latest trailer for Resident Evil 7. <sighs> oh, boy. Uh, yeah, I, so you watched this. I watched it. Um, like, every fear I had is just worse now. And, and my, my argument has been I've, I've never played a first-person horror game that I think has worked properly. Um, unless you get into, like, it being a super hardcore shooter stuff. And I do not think that anything I've seen so far in this game looks fun to me. And especially, Mm. um... One of the things I've just really hated about a lot of games is the trying to run 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 around and hide in first person in horror games, and that's exactly what this trailer is showing off. And it's not giving me any uh, sense of comfort in what's coming for this. Do you feel it's taking cues to an extent from Outlast? I, I think I think that's kind of the problem I've had. It's like it seems like something just caused all these kind of games to feel very very similar, mm-hmm. and I don't know if it's because it's all you can do in this in in doing uh, first person horror, or if just for some reason everybody's doing the same thing right. and not doing something new with it. Uh, so yeah, like Outlast and and Daylight and all those other kind of games. Um, you know, I think Condemned back in the day did some interesting stuff. I thought Condemned was just harsh, like brutal. I'm not saying like the yeah. game was bad. I mean, it was just. I remember right. at the time it was so like, just graphic. But I said like I don't, because the problem is, uh, Resident Evil is not a first person shooter. It's not right. a shooter. You you don't run around like emptying guns into people. But if you don't make it that. Resident Evil's also not a run and hide from everything game. Like, Resident Evil's neither one of those things. And can you do an in-between in first person? And I know some people have said, like, oh, the, the camera doesn't matter. But it does. It completely matters. Like, it matters, like, in terms of, you know, how the gameplay feels, in terms of what you can see and what you can do, and how how you can hide or how you can interact with objects and everything. Like, those are very very big differences and there's some games that like you just cannot picture like I cannot ever picture Dark Souls being in first person for example you know whereas other games you just would not work like a Call of Duty would not work the way Call of Duty works 
in third person. Like, you can play a first-person shooter and a third-person shooter, and they can be very, very, very similar in, in tone and style, but they actually play super different. Like, like Doom that came out recently in, in Gears of War, those are very, very different games, and they can do different things because of that camera difference. And I think a lot of things Resident Evil has done just can't be done in first person. Yeah, and you're, and this is uh, getting me way off track. I'm going to make this quick note. I don't know what the deal was. You mentioned Gears of War. I have to throw this out there really quick. And when I saw the Gears of War 4 trailer, like last year at E3, and even recently through the beta, I wasn't really impressed. I watched some new footage they had, and I guess they took user feedback into consideration. Or and wow. I mean, I'm not sitting here trying to push Gears of War on people saying, like, to play this for some new innovative experience. I'm sure you're not going to get that. Uh, and I have actually completed uh, two and a half of the entries in Gears of War in their entirety. I don't know. It just it looked a shitload better than what I saw recently. But anyway, not to get off on that sidetrack. I mean, like, like Gears of War is a series that I, I do not care about. Yeah, no, yeah. And but, I'm just, but, I'm just but, throwing but, that out there for no, listeners. No, but it's not because it's not good. Like... I have nothing against any Gears of War fans. I don't think you're making any kind of mistake. I think it's it seems like a really great series. It's just it's not for me. But I I, I do know that like they're doing some cool stuff with like the, the the dynamic weather and stuff like that in this new game. So yeah, it, I think I think Gears of War four is got more potential than kind of like Halo currently has now. Like, like I have more faith in a new Gears of War than I do a new Halo at this point. Mm, mm-hmm. Even though I'm more of a Halo fan and less of a Gears of War fan. Right. Yeah. I, I did you play five? I I played a little bit of five. Yeah. Um, but I wasn't the, anywhere near doing the review for it for work. Right. So I just never got around to it. But my problem was too is that I got the. Um, the Halo Master Chief Collection. Ah, uh, yes. And just really did not think it felt good. Com- yeah, compared like, to it. It came out and it had a lot of problems and just, and just like, it, those games didn't um, hold up the way I was hoping they did, they would. And I just felt like the way things had been worked out and, and um, the way you played what in the game I wasn't happy with, so that kind of like soured me to to trying five. Hmm. Well, and I, I'm guilty of getting us off on that tangent there real quick, but bringing it back to Resident Evil 7, something I did forget to mention earlier in the recording on the episode, which would have been about a week ago, uh, I did go through the Resident Evil 7 demo uh, a couple weeks ago. And I, I don't have anything like huge to shed light on in regards to it, um, I, you know, I didn't hate it, and and the only reason I think I didn't hate it was because you had given me the knowledge or the word saying that, much like PT, this was supposed to give one the feel of what Resident Evil Seven is going to offer, but it may not right. stay. Now, does that mean there's still a chance of it going from first to third person, or are we locked in at first? No, I, I feel like I mean, I feel like with with this new trailer showing off what they did, I think at this point it has to be first person. Mm, mm. I don't think it can be third person. Hmm. With like, because I mean, with with PT, that was literally a completely different thing to just kind of introduce you to ideas they have for Silent Hills. So I think that could have been okay. Now we're showing you the real Silent Hills, and it's third person. I think 
showing the second trailer for Resident Evil Seven, like I don't think it can be third person at this point. Because you have people, you have you have the people who who do like the idea. I think you had them too excited for it being first person. <laughs> right. Hmm. Well, I didn't think uh, I didn't think the demo was bad. The only thing I found maybe a little odd at this stage in the game for 2016, and I know it can be argued that it's kind of a staple of the series, and it, you know it's not like a deal breaker for me. But are you a little surprised with all of the money they pump into these AAA franchises, and and you know something like Resident Evil, you figure is probably trying to compete on a world scale? Are you surprised at the lower level of quality they've still got with like their voice acting and cheesiness akin to like a B horror movie? Yeah, I, I kind of am because like I mean. Well, it's always been the question is, at what level is it being a B-movie and what level is it just bad voice acting? Right. You know. Um, but, I mean, hopefully my, my hope is that that's just, you know, they needed it for the demo and the final game, like, won't be that. But then again, I don't know. Like, like I feel Yeah, like I don't think that – I'm not trying to – yeah, I don't think that's going to change that much in that department. I also kind of feel like if Resident Evil had, like, great – high quality voice acting but it would kind of be weird like it kind of wouldn't be Resident <laughs> Evil anymore. yeah I, I yeah to go kind of both ways on it I get what you're saying but I, I do find it uh, you know it, it's certainly noticeable yeah you know yeah I mean I feel like like there's certain companies like I mean Square Enix has done a really good job with their voice acting um, uh, from software on Soul series been like weirdly fantastic in their voice acting you know, though, so there are certain companies out there that do it, get it right, and then some certain companies that just still like kind of trip up on that. Hmm. And Capcom's weird. Like Capcom is is a little um, like you just never really know what to expect from them. Yeah, and they just uh, speaking of Capcom, I don't have the list in front of me. I read it this afternoon, but they announced what they've got for TGS coming up, but from what I recall, there were only four, four titles, excuse me, and two of them were Monster Hunter related. Yeah, I mean, I think there's maybe a few things that we don't know about yet that they're going to reveal, but um, the exciting thing for me was that they re- they showed some of the kind of plans for future Street Fighter stuff. Like, they came out and said, like, okay, here's what we're doing, and I don't know why it took so long, but we're finally getting versus CPU um, option, which should have been there day one. Um, and they're doing some other stuff, too. Like, they're giving season pass holders more content. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I think oh, nice. We're getting, like, uh, new costume colors. Okay. I wish we could find the, the whole list, but... Um, no, I think they announced that Urian is for sure coming out in September. And then a few other things. So, if... if if you're one of the people who are still like Street Fighter Five isn't where I need to be, go out there, look around. They had a big list of stuff that they're, you know, adding and changing to it, and they're gonna implement a stricter um, rage quitters mm. uh, penalties. They're implementing it, or they already did one of the two. So I'm chuckling because when I, I'm, I'm picturing the article I read online about the TGS and the four games from Capcom and. The first comment was something along the lines of, you know, they were saying, like, oh, Capcom's got to get their shit together, and they've only got Monster Hunter. And <laughs> and the person that's requesting that they get their act together, they're like, come on, when are they going to bring out a new Contra? <laughs> well, that's also, like, that's been a long-running, like, kind of joke. People get Konami and Capcom confused. Right. But, I mean, think about it. Like, I think, 
I think too that part of it is that um, last gen Capcom spoiled us because I felt like they had a lot of games coming out last year. You talking PS3 era? Yeah. Yeah, they did, and not not all of it was great, but they really tried like everything. Because it was just like. Here's a new Bionic Commando. Here's here's right. a new Lost Planet. Um, I mean, even after last, like the last, the first few Lost Planets, you know, it's like, here is we're gonna try to redo DMC. They're just like, I, I feel like every generation, we've gone smaller and smaller in the amount of games that we get from Capcom, and Capcom's one of the companies that I enjoy the most. So that makes me sad because oh, and we got like, I mean, it wasn't them, but you know, they published Remember Me last generation, which was I loved. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just like I miss I miss like Capcom. I want Capcom to be doing more games like that again. Well, seems like they're picking and choosing their shots. I don't. Well, you know, Street Fighter Five had its has had its rocky uphill battle since launch, but yeah. I I think it's safe to say they haven't done anything quite as um, detrimental as some of the things towards the end of last generation. You know, where they were getting beat up with content on disc. The way SF uh, Cross TK was handled. Yeah. But uh, but with that being said, I'm going to do a little bit of sign-off here and maybe uh, any final parting words from Molly this evening. So want to thank our fans once again. want to thank our passionate fans, the ones sending us emails, audio, you name it. We'll talk a little bit more about that on GVGP20. If anyone has any fan mail, please check the show notes at radio.morningproject.com. Hit us up. Uh, let us know if there's any interest in a call-in show. Uh, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. Search for Morning Radio. You can find myself, Anthony, on Twitter on my now private locked account at 24BitAJE, the number Wait, two, the number what? four. Yeah, I, I locked the account up, but you can still follow me, but I have to approve it because I was getting too much too many bots. Really? Yeah. But you know, I, have you seen the new options that just came out today for Twitter, though? What's that? Um, like, where you can... You can reduce the amount of uh, nonsense tweets you're getting, and and kind of like it it does a better job of hiding people that are bots from your from your feeds. Or you can also only show um, replies and stuff from people that 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 you're following. So you can do those kind of things now without actually fully closing your account off. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, that's in the options. Yeah, they, they just came out. Like they just came out. So. I'll have to check that out. So, uh, moving along, we've got Molly at Molly Pen. That's M O L L I P E N. The work feed is suddenly Molly. That's S U D D E N L Y M O L L I E. The official Twitter of EGM. Look out for the latest, hottest reviews. Uh, some the latest reviews coming from Molly in the very near future. Some big titles which we've alluded to on this episode. That's at EGM now. E G M N O W. And last, and certainly not least, the main feed for morning radio and all of the podcasts, everything from GVGP to classic warning, huge podcast episodes, the nichiest, and the list goes on and on. You can find that at Morn Radio, which is Molly's least favorite Twitter handle at M-O-R-N-R-A-D-I-O. So with that being said, before I sign out here, I'm Anthony closing out GVGP19. You've got any parting words for our fans, Molly? Survive the new Metal Gear, I guess. Okay. Try to. Okay. Survive the well, heat last, wave. Last Bastion. Oh. Fantastic. <laughs> Utterly fantastic. And it makes you love Bastion, which is a weird position to be in. <laughs> it's so good. Oh, my God. 
and but it makes like in it's once again it's like this just makes me want to have an entire Overwatch movie. Just make a movie, Blizzard. Just keep stop doing these shorts and make a freaking movie. Okay. So, All right. So we got some positivity, and with that, thank you once again, fans, and we'll catch you next time.